Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 339. I'm your host, Mike Apps, something clever, aka Wheels. And with me as always... Something actually prepared, David Bernie Family Master. And the guest who just keeps showing up uninvited, uh, Smokin' Joe Gamer, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo, yada yada. The seventh guest? Oh, sure. Shit. What? I don't know. <laughs> just, just, just coming out for seventh guest yeah, discussion. My brain is not working well today. So. Huge 11th hour fan wheels. Do I keep making jokes here, or are uh, we... I understood that reference. <laughs> At least there's that. <laughs> so, uh... A, a normal and qu quite uninteresting week, I'm sure. Except for all the layoffs. That was really sad, actually. Yeah, there were more <laughs> of those, weren't there? Including so on many. the platform we're streaming on. Because apparently... There were so many! Oh my god, apparently... Twitch the inescapable ritualistic bloodletting. Yeah, Apparently, Twitch is fucking unprofitable as shit. Oh, I don't even own... think something has to be unprofitable to stop them uh, to make them do this. Like, I, I'm gonna be real with I, you. I'm, no, I, I understand. I understand, but <laughs> that that fact was still shocking to me. Aren't they owned by Amazon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jeff Bezos uh, could single-handedly, you know, save all those jobs if he wanted to, with his immense wealth. But he wealth. doesn't. He doesn't. But he doesn't. <laughs> and he never but, will. But, like, you know, we're, we're fully at the, at the point where, like, it's impossible to tell whether layoffs are occurring because a company is unprofitable or because a company is profitable. Yes. And uh, maybe not profitable enough for their shitty Wall Street assholes. Yeah, like, like fully, fully wish, uh, fully imagining a fantasy scenario where I can incept into the market the notion that companies only lay off uh, people because they're do because they're badly managed and uh, create a better world. But that's that's truly fantasy land thinking. Um, but yeah, like it's it's fully impossible, like. We are posting record profits. Time for a mass layoff. We're losing money. Time for a mass layoff. Because that is apparently the only way to communicate to shareholders. We are very serious about money making. Yes, and this is like... You, you can uniquely... tell because we just fired a shit ton of people. It's like a uniquely <laughs> fucking American thing. It's it's dreadful. It's, 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 the, it's the nature of... Uh, People do not invest for uh, for people not investing for any sort of long-term gain, but to you know sell off uh, for a you know sometime next quarter. Mm. <laughs> like if you only care about the next ninety days, yeah, shit, get rid of like lower the amount of money spent on payroll. I don't care what happens to the company once I've sold. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, it, it really fucking sucks. I hate it. Uh, hate it here. Um, so yeah, that's uh... And that's what they call video ca 
God, it sucks. But uh, if Twitch isn't profitable, then how are we supposed to ever be profitable? Oh, wait, you know what? That's never going to happen. <laughs> let's, let's be 100% real. Uh, okay. Uh, and just say that uh, Twitch is honestly probably like a few... It's probably never going to be as profitable as they want it to be, but it's probably a few uh, tricks of accounting away from being profitable. Mm. Uh, I mean, like, the 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 issue you run into is that, like, how... how this, is, this is me talking at my ass, but there is the part of me that's like, so who's accounting for whose expenses? Like, the, mo the most... The majority of the overhead at this point has to be, like, server costs. Like, just the cost of uh, creating and maintaining video hosting on a constant basis. Like, that has to be the majority of their of their payout. But given that they're also attached at the hip to Amazon, and probably making use of their gigantic uh, and most profitable segment involving web hosting... Uh, it feels like you're when when Twitch is losing money, some of that is just because officially they owe themselves money. Mm. Like there's there's no there's no proving that. That is me just saying what sounds correct, and that means jack and shit. But it is something that makes me wonder sometimes. <laughs> but. Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm sure there's all sorts of reasons since technically Twitch was an external organization for why they uh, are organized the way that they are and officially, yes, they are losing money, blah, 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 blah. In terms of actual money loss, I would imagine that the larger Amazon organization is not losing a great deal either way. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Fireminer just said a bunch of YouTubers are calling it quits, and yeah, like, I'm really glad that um, Classic Game Room is back, at least for now, but in his latest, you know, season of content he's doing, he just does a whole explanation of why he got out of it in the first place, and just talking about how the advertising costs keep going up, and there's more competition, and then... They, you know, sometimes they'll just randomly decide to demonetize your videos because of copyright claims and stuff, and it's like, okay. So yeah. now, now he writes and composes his own synth music for all his videos, so they can't, you know, do a takedown. That's probably healthier long term if you can manage it. Uh, the the thing I would say uh, regarding like a bunch of YouTubers calling it quits is that. Uh, I saw at least one person on YouTube, like one reasonably popular YouTuber, basically saying, like, uh, yeah, uh, it would be impossible to have, like, a. Uh, to have a, uh, like, family doing what I do, was basically what he said. And it was like, yeah, no, that checks out. Uh, because. Uh, the the joy of being your own boss, quote unquote, is oh, I never get to think of any time as time that is mine because I could be spending that time working on the next thing. Yeah. And so I can see why eventually you just reach a point where it's like maybe not anymore. 
Yeah, it's Maybe like I'm, I'm trying not. to get more serious about streaming and videos and stuff, and it almost seems like the YouTube channel at least could start to maybe go somewhere, but like you said, it's like now every time I'm just playing a game casually, it's like, oh, I could be streaming this right now. This I could, could be, be content. Yeah. Your entire life could be content. Right. And now I'm thinking, oh, I could do guitar lessons online, or I could talk about books and movies, and it's like, well, do you, is this what you want your life to be? And, you know, it's like, you're 38. I mean, do you want to start a family? I don't know. <laughs> What do you want to do with the rest of your life? Now. You know? Uh. It's getting late. You know, it's like, do you want to go back to therapy and work through your sh more of your shit so you can maybe meet somebody and... You want to go through I don't know. therapy about yeah. whether or not you want to go back to therapy? Yeah, seriously. Let's have some therapy right now. Oh, geez. so I'm playing Diablo 4, and of course now i got to fight a boss, and I may have complained about this before, but I can't stand, like these boss fights in this game because they're have they have so much fucking health and you have to kill them on one life and you only have four healing potions unless you can get them to a certain threshold then they drop more but i'm just like gee what was wrong with the diablo 2 system where they just don't heal and it just doesn't matter how many tries it takes you know it's all diablo's fault yeah uh anyways so this boss is kicking my ass and i can't even get her down to a health threshold where she drops more healing potions. And I switched to a ranged build for this reason, and I'm still getting murdered. So that explains what you've been playing. <laughs> um, well, I, th this is what I've been playing for the past 20 minutes, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, so if you want to know what I've been playing, you know what? I could probably just quit out of this anyways, because it's distracting. Now that the show actually started, maybe I should stop dividing my attention, because I, I am not good at multitasking. Okay, so what have I been playing? Well, um, I have a renewed interest in emulation, so I have the entire TurboGrafx-16 library, including some Japanese PC Engine games that never got localized. So I've been just randomly picking ones that look cool to see what they are and if they're any good. Um, so there are a few that I think I mentioned good? already. Well... I've, I've played a few duds. I've played a few Japanese RPGs that I can't read. Um, like, just but... Sagan Necromancer. Yeah, it's like, that seems like a really neat game, but I have no idea what anyone is saying to me. Um, I'm just scrolling up in Discord um, to see. I listed a few. Yeah. Um, Psycho Chaser um, and Koku Densetsu Image Fight are all cool. Um, Ghost Manor seems promising, like it's got a similar art style to like JJ and Jeff or uh, Kid Chameleon even. And it seems cool, I, there's good physics and stuff, but I can't figure out how to open doors and I can't seem to get out of <laughs> the current important. area. Yeah, I, there's a door that I can't figure out how to open and I'm like, well I guess I'm stuck, I need to just look it up online. And I found a key, but no, I, no clue what it goes to. Um, and then, yeah. Jay Saken Necromancer, yeah, I'd, I would love to play it, but no idea what's going on, because it's, it's a Japanese RPG, unlocalized. Mm. Um, and then there was uh, Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu, I think. That's a neat game. That's a good platformer, I think, with some... Oh, yeah, that's a, neat, a great little platformer. And that might also be on other platforms, like NES and stuff, but... Yeah, but the Turbo version is the best of those. 
And then I picked some random Japanese-looking game where you play as a girl in a very short skirt who just kicks enemies in the face. Oh, you're like, thinking of right. Wonder Moment, oh. Yeah, <laughs> you, you knew. <laughs> you knew. Wonder Momo, that's what it was. Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, this it's is garbage. fine. Yeah, it's it's a cromulent beat-em-up side-scroller, but it's, act it's borderline hentai. It's like, ah, eh, not really what I want to play. Um, so there's that. And then, yeah, I finally got the Vita emulator to work with the Vita version of Disgaea 3, which is a better version of the game because... Uh, characters get extra skills and there's Finally more story free of content. Detention. Yeah, and Gaia Three, absence of detention. And I, I'm actually playing with Japanese voiceovers for the first time, and it's just kind of weird to hear that after listening to the English voices for so long. So, and, and, and this time, Mao has an axe. I used to just the do the sword, because that's what he starts with, but then I was doing the spear on a few playthroughs, but now I'm like, for the first time ever, Mao is going to use an axe. Yeah. Hmm. Exciting! Because I always love how the protagonists are just proficient in like three or four different weapons, and you can just do what you want. Yeah, they generally um, make the protagonists pretty customizable, since everyone has to use them. So, then I learned that that's one of the only, like... Uh, games that runs well in Vita 3K. Like, there's about half the Vita library is considered playable, and of those games, some of them are just bad, and some of them have been ported to other platforms with newer versions available. So, I can currently tell you that um, Miramasa Rebirth claims to be fully playable, but I, it keeps crashing for some reason. Um, and then Killzone, Mercenary, not playable. Um, and Stardust, Super Stardust Delta, you can make it into the game, but there's all these graphical glitches and a lot of flashing, and it's just not really enjoyable. So, barely playable, but y y yeah, it's not good. Um, so there's that. And then I successfully got... Xenoblade Chronicles X to work in the Simu emulator. So. Oh, uh, Fireminer brings up if you tried Soldier Blade as far as. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, I, yeah, Soldier Blade's good. Um, Turbo Graphics has mm. so many good shoot em ups. There's and so many shoot -ups. Blazing Lasers, the entire yep. Soldier series Superstar Soldier, Final Soldier, Soldier Blade. Yep. Uh, yeah, just, just a, a, an absolute. <laughs> A beast of a machine for shooters. Yeah, and so part of me thinks, man, I wish I had one as a kid, but then I realized, well, yeah, but you wouldn't have been able to get all the Japanese games back then, you know. Yeah. No way, mo no way mom was going to give me her credit card to let me uh, go on eBay and import them, you know. Even if I had a system that could eBay do it. eBay in 1993? Two? Yeah, no. There were there were mailing lists for hardcore Turbo Graphics fans because that was of course the kind of person that would make mailing lists and shit. Of course. Uh, with like bizarre uh, b bizarre converters to run Japanese games on English Turbo game uh, systems. Uh, on the bright side, the CD if you if you had the CD attachment, there was no region locking on the CD games. Oh, that's good. But, um... Yeah. So you so, can play Dead of the Brain and get real confused. Sure. 
And uh, also, uh, let me think. So, so I did get the Vita and Simu emulators to work on the deck OLED. Um, but since Xenoblade Chronicles X is 32 gigabytes, it's like, no, I don't think I want to put that on the deck. Um, so I'll just play uh, Wind Waker HD on there. That's all I wanted from Wii U emulation, to be honest with you. Xenoblade Chronicles X, um, Wind Waker HD, and Twilight Princess HD, you know. Games that I bought on the Wii U and just want to try them out on computer with higher resolution and more and higher frame rates possibly and other things and same thing with the yuzu emulator it's like there's a handful of switch games that i already own and i'd really like to see if um you know i can get them to look better and run any better so i'm giving metroid dread another try i've complained about it a lot in the past just because i think it was just too fucking hard but i on easy yeah now there's a playing it in an emulator where it's probably going to crash is your solution? Well, yeah, but it's now it's 1440p and who gives a shit? With, it looks with, it already looks great on the Switch with anti-aliasing and texture filtering. It looks. It genuinely like it's it's one of those things I personally cannot see what you're referring to. So to me, this sounds like the ramblings of a madman. But whatever. <laughs> this sounds absurd. Well, whatever. I I think it looks better than the Switch version. And it hasn't crashed yet, so... so there's yeah. time. Yeah, there is. Um, and I want to see, like, because a long time ago I saw a video of Breath of the Wild running with, like, ray tracing mods, and it's like, ooh, I want to... Sounds awful. Oh, God, why? Stop. Stop. Okay. Stop. Okay. You're go so. You've gone mad with power. Someone needs yeah. to stop to this. So... The, uh... So that... That's mainly what I've been working on, like emulation and and stuff. But also, um, let me see what games. So I was just playing Diablo 4 a little bit. Um, I I mentioned before I was replaying Tunic, so trying to get through that game again. Second playthrough is just much more fun because I know where all the shortcuts are and I know how to do things and um, you know I don't need all the instruction manual pages to know to do stuff now um so I'm, I'm doing playing through that game in a different order and it's like oh yeah this is definitely a non-linear game there's no maybe there's a developer intended order but you you know this time i went to the frog layer right off the bat and got the grappling hook item so now it's like oh cool this is going to open up other venues and i was able to skip ahead to a, a late game boss that of course i have no chance of beating right now but it was still fun to try um you know, eventually you do have to beat all the bosses, I think. So, there's that. Um, going through my list here. Yeah, still chipping away at that Street Fighter Six World Tour mode, and we were playing that on Sunday, so... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Sunday, um... What else? Hmm... Yeah, I, I want to play through Signalus again. I have that on Steam now, so that's something I want to replay soon. Um, yeah, I mentioned Marvel's Midnight Suns already. Haven't put much more time into that, but I want to. I actually like it more than I thought I would. So that's good. Hmm. And is asking where your Wii U is. My Wii U? Oh, it's in a garbage dump. Wow, um, that seems a little extreme. Actually. 
that was uh, one of the things. So one day, my buddy Wheels agreed to take a whole box of old stuff to the used game store for me because he was planning a trip there anyways. And he agreed to bring all the stuff there for me. So he ended up getting the store credit and then he paid me back on my PayPal account. And that was a couple years ago. So I think the Wii U and all the games and the Wii, the maybe the PS2, the Saturn. Yeah, I got rid of like most of my vintage game collection all in one fell swoop. So, yeah. So the Wii U, I don't know, maybe somebody else bought it. And, and it was hacked, so maybe somebody bought it and said, oh, cool, I don't have to hack it now. Wee woo, wee woo. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 40 is the new 30. I think he's right about that. Um, and then Patreon. Should I become interested in Patreon? I don't know. Tell me about Patreon. What is this thing that I hear about? You do things and then sometimes people give you money for them. Okay. What kind of things? Whatever you want, buddy. Whatever you think people will pay you for. Okay. I write I write shit badly, and sometimes okay. people throw money. I feel bad because it's been forever since I've updated, but I talked to the, the people that the, are still donating, so it's, and they said, don't worry about it. So. Oh, all right. So then, uh, but then OnlyFans is if you want to get naked, right? Okay. Traditionally. Okay. I don't want to do OnlyFans. What are we that's, talking that's about? That's probably where, fine. Where am I? Where did I go? <laughs> We're right. moving on. Is it my turn? Moving yet? on. No. So it's... the difference between Patreon and OnlyFans is how many? How much of your clothing are you willing to take off, basically? Okay. So moving on. Um, <laughs> Wheels, what have you been playing? If you if you say Destiny, I'm going to say I already know that. Yeah, it's been it's been a Destiny heavy week. Um, we're approaching the end of the planned seasonal content. So mm-hmm. there's about to be a gulf of, well, I still want to play this game. What am I going to do until Lightfall comes out? That's coming. They've promised some stuff, some variety. Uh, but yeah, so I've uh, been doing a lot of that. And kind of good to get that out of the way actually because I want to try and clear some stuff up before Final Fantasy Rebirth so uh, I have been playing some Crisis Core and oh uh-huh, yeah Crisis Core Reunion and that is awesome and that seems like it'll be important given how much they've shown of Zack yes yeah, so I, I, I'm, I was looking at how long to beat and it was I think there one estimate is like 14 hours. I'm like, yeah. If um, you just play the main game, it is not a terribly long game. Yes. It has a ton of side content, but that's that's what I'm gonna try and do. I don't really care about the side content at this right now, anyway. Some of it's fun, but like yeah. it's it's stuff you can knock out as you feel inclined. So I'm gonna try and <laughs> knock that out and try and do the DLC, which for some reason I got distracted from and never finished. <laughs> so I would like to finish that as well before so yeah i've been playing some of that been messing around with the two tactical rpgs uh sparks of hope and persona 5 tactica uh especially a bit of persona 5 
Tactica since it's relevant to the RP Gamer Awards coming up, so I wanted to play a bit more so I could have some kind of perspective. You can put on that as like most overlooked or something. <laughs> uh, I don't remember where I ended up putting it, but yeah, it's it's very good. Um, it's uh, definitely plays a little similar to Spark so Sparks of Hope, like I talked about last week, but it's it's different. It's got a little almost I wanna say more XCOM feel, but it's got Yeah. It feels it feels like a persona tactical game. That's that's the, the mm, easiest way should. I can describe it. Like you can as knock down, you can knock down enemies and get extra turns, and that's relevant to like knocking enemies out of cover. So it's it's very good. Uh, highly recommended to Persona fans. Uh, you don't have to have played Strikers; they're not related. Yeah, I'd imagine both of them treat themselves. Yeah, I would imagine both of them treat themselves as different, yeah. uh, essentially different sequels. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it technically takes place before Strikers, anyway. I believe it's like. <laughs> I think it's before, technically before the like the extra chapters of Royal. Oh, that would make it. Like, okay, yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't be. I wonder if this one, because Strikers sort of doesn't acknowledge the revised ending that Royal had. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. So I don't. I don't think this one does either. But it's it's like mm -hmm, right. It's it seems like it's taking place right after like the normal ending of Persona Five. But uh, it's super character. weird that they did that because yeah. like that new ending like seems like it's teasing some sort of direct continuation. Mm. I don't know. Maybe there'll be more to it when I as I go on. I, I, I don't want to see. No, I mean even if, even if they, uh, I would assume that such a project would have been. Uh, if it ever entered development, some sort of more direct continuation of Persona 5, that it yeah. would probably have been uh, a more like mainline game rather than whatever Tactica is. So they would be shouting from the rooftops that this was the sequel to yeah. Persona 5. So the weird thing is, I, and these, I think they're just DLC characters. So I don't know if they're actually in the story at all, but I, mm -hmm. there is a. Uh, Get the the name of the new character from Royal and Crow are both Kasumi. DLC characters, yeah. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> but, but but yeah, the the fact that they're DLC characters makes me think uh, they're not. They're, not they're probably either. not. They're not probably not actually in their story. They're there, there might be like a scene where they're recruited. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those, are, those are good games. Yeah, I play games. Uh, uh, but I mean, that's that's about it at the current juncture. Um, uh, Crisis Core is still really good. In case yeah, I gotta play that hasn't more. Picked it up at this point. Uh, I think pretty sure it's gone on sale. That remaster is very nice. Uh, it's nice that the game is available again, having been one of the PSP games that was never digitally re-released. Reasons unclear, presumably something to do with Gact, but uh, so uh, yeah. Um, there was something else too, but probably not. If you remember, you can we can double back. Yeah. But, uh, as for me, 
uh, I have been uh, mostly fucking around with emulated games because I'm just sort of brain broke right now. Uh, I decided to play some Grandia 3, a game that uh, I associate with being extremely disappointed in the mid-ops. Uh, but I feel like maybe I can play it again, reevaluate it, and determine whether, like, if it's if it's fine on its own terms. Uh, it's an extremely not finished feeling game uh, by the end point, as I recall. But it's it's still Grandia. It's not it's not the kind of embarrassing that something like Lunar Dragon Song was. Uh, it was just kind of a oh. <laughs> as far as games go, but uh, I'll I'll probably play some more of that. We'll see how that goes. Uh, otherwise, I've it's I've been it's been a very busy couple of weeks at work, so I haven't had the chance to play as much as I'd like to. Uh, let's see, was there any? Sure, there was some other. Oh yeah. Uh, this is this is not news in the traditional sense, but hey, that Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown that looks real good. <laughs> yeah, it looks sure neat. Does. There's a demo it. out. Yeah, I I may play that towards the end of this stream. Uh, watch a review of it today. It looked awesome, sounded good. So then I looked at a video about just to make sure the Switch version was up to par, and apparently it's phenomenal. I the they. The video footage I was seeing looked like it was 60 frames per second, super smooth. So, smooth. yeah, Digital Foundry's. Uh, I, I like the Digital Foundry thing, but they basically like uh, John Linneman and Digital Foundry was basically like, yeah, it runs perfectly on on Switch. Uh, basically, a rock solid 60. Um, and apparently, the uh, like it's obnoxious that the game, if it's online, it will bulk if you. And tell you to log into UbiConnect, but apparently, if you upload your save to UbiConnect, it's cross-platform saves as well. Oh, so, that's good. That's kind of neat. Uh, yeah, Far Cry Six and Immortals: Phoenix Rising are both like that. So. Oh, and they killed Immortals too. Tragic. Um, yeah. That's annoying. The yeah, Fireminer asked, have been playing a bit of PS2 and PSP games. Has anyone here tried Bujin Guy? I have. It's a neat little game. And the two Alien Syndromes on PS2 and PSP, different games. I've not played those. Uh, wait. I'm thinking of the right Alien Syndrome. I remember the... Okay. I've, I've played a PS2 Alien Syndrome, but that one sucks real bad. Uh, I think that was part of the the extremely counterfeit looking. Uh, yeah, that was part of the Sega Classics collection, which was like, oh hey, let's play a bunch of let's sell a bunch of Sega Sega games on PS2. That sounds great. Wait, no, these are shitty 3D budget remakes that we couldn't sell on their own in, in America. <laughs> Oh jeez. Yeah, and that that one's not great. I've not I've heard better things about the PSP game. I've not uh, played that version though. I've I've played some of the PS2 game. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and thanks for confirming the 
uh, my uh, suspicions, Fire Miner, that, that, was, that those were in fact the same. Uh, <laughs> that was the same alien syndrome I was thinking of. <laughs> Maybe I'll give the PSP version a look. Uh, oh, I forgot to do my comic talk. That's what it was. Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. And dot hack link on PSP got a more complete English patch. Yeah, I saw that. I have that sitting around. I intend to play it just because, like, I'm a huge mark for dot hack. But when I played the initial English patch, all I could think was, like, just actually evaluating the game portion of it. It just sort of seemed like, oh, this is kind of a bad video game. <laughs> It's a bit of a shame. Uh, it's it's the last thing in the timeline as far like I think there might be something else that uses the world RX as its setting. Uh, like maybe one of the like the last OVA might have done that, but like it's it's kind of the last word on that franchise canonically. Uh, and I guess the most I can say from everything I've heard, I have not finished Link, was that it sounds like it doesn't completely fuck it up. So regardless of its quality, it's at least fine for that reason. Uh, if, you, if you just wanted to see what, say, the dot .hack sign characters uh, are up to circa 10 years later, you get a little bit of that. <laughs> Uh, Dungeon Master Nexus on Saturn got an English patch recently. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it's always nice to see English patches. I, I'm always a fan of that. But yeah, uh, I've had a fucking be in my bonnet to play some Dragon Quest again, so I might play through the DS games or something. We'll see what happens. Uh, but. Uh, otherwise, I haven't I haven't been playing much. Uh, I keep thinking I should play some Spider Spider Man Two, but uh, I just don't think to boot up the PS Five terribly often. <laughs> That's but, fair. Uh, yeah, and like my setup does not allow uh, using the remote play app on anything that resembles an action game, and honestly, doesn't really do it on a. It doesn't like it's too in unstable to make use of. Uh, well, hey, if you watched Sunday Night Shenanigans, you saw just how much I use my PS5 <laughs> because it had been yeah. since I lost power like two and a half weeks prior. Oh, I usually go months without turning it on. Uh, <laughs> I definitely have as well. Yeah, I need to. I need to like boot the damn thing up. And finally, just finish out FF16 so I can finish, like write my last word on how much I just like say with definitive, uh, definitively whether the base game by itself is capable of redeeming the things that I don't think work in it, and I have no reason to believe that based on any impression I have ever heard. Apparently, it kind of falls down in the last act, but. Uh, even among people who like the game, like generally, it's considered to be th at its weakest in its last act. But yeah, I haven't heard anyone say any good things about the end game. <laughs> I mean, you're mostly talking to me, so that's part of the problem. I've definitely uh, seen people who like the base game. Well, like on podcasts, <laughs> I haven't heard everyone seems to complain about the end of the game. 
Oh, you mean the end game? Yeah. yeah. The the end game is generally like the part where even like cuz I mean at this point this is Final Fantasy tradition. People are always disappointed by the end game. I cannot think of uh the last like mainline Final Fantasy game where people were like, "Yeah, it really finishes strong." <laughs> uh I I think the the 7 remake did, but that was also not the conclusion of the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in general, like you, you go back and like the la- it, it would be very difficult to find the last time that someone said this game, th- this Final Fantasy game finishes strong, uh, as as like a general consensus opinion. Okay, I was gonna say uh, thirteen, but that's probably not a. Yeah, as as a consensus opinion. <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, Yeah, so I've basically done the the things that people expect of me at this point. I just play, I've fucked around with weird things on emulators because I'm uh, I am broken in the head. Um, I should pick a, I should start on Octopath Traveler too. That's on that's on Switch. Yeah, I've got no. Yeah, that's 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 on my to. Because I got that on because I got that for Christmas, and it's like oh, I should just sit, sit down and play that. Yeah. Um, and that's not really a direct sequel, is it? No. No. Okay. Although I'd still like to go back and finish the first one. I, I feel so bad that there was, like, one story in Octopath 2 that, like, I liked the concept behind the character, but the way they had localized her dialogue was just like, I cannot, I cannot read this. It was the, it was the hunter lady. Ah. The, 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 the way that they had localized the... <laughs> Whatever the fuck accent they were going for with her was just like I can't read this I dialect over. I cannot read this. The way you have written this is driving me nuts. Mm. <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully, no one talks like that in two. I don't know. Fireminer says Vamba Hearts Two with the traditional turn-based patch is good. What the fuck? Yeah, I've never actually played Vandal Hearts, so I don't know what 2 did in terms of how turn order functioned to determine what that ch- what changes would have been made there. Remember the Xbox 360 Vandal Hearts? Yeah, it was... Yeah. It was... It, was, it existed. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it sure nice. happened. Flames of Judgment, I think? I don't really care. Right. the original game anyway, so whatever. It has a it has a cult pot following at least. Uh, it's one of those like things I always think like maybe I should try Vandal Hearts, but I've never gotten around to it. <laughs> I love I love looking at like I'm looking at the Wikipedia article and it's like Vandal Hearts known in Japan as Vandal Hearts colon the Lost Ancient Civilization like a, a title that maybe sounds better in Japan, but in English just sounds like someone just. Like what? It, what is the most generic subtitle you can give something? Uh, also, apparently, like Wikipedia claims, and I'm gonna check their source on here that there is a Vandal Hearts game uh, announced for DS prior to its launch that never came out. Let me check the source. The source here because that sounds surreal. Uh, yeah, it's just listed among uh, a bunch of stuff that did come out 
so on in an IGN article. So this is probably real. At one point, they seemingly did announce a Vandal Hearts for DS, and it just never happened. <laughs> like I don't think they ever even spoke of it again. If that did happen, <laughs> incredible. Too, it's you and your enemy units move at the same time, a la RTS. Oh, that sounds... Uh, Is that on God. PS1? Yeah, it's a PS1 game. Ooh. Like, that, that reminds me of, like, I had a friend who was asking about, like, 100 swords because they were looking at, like, Dreamcast games they'd never played, and I was like, that is a Dreamcast... That is a Dreamcast RTS that Sega did not feel was worth bringing to the U.S., so take from that what you will. Uh... <laughs> That was also the same point where I was trying to describe what the f how, how I was trying to describe Time Stalkers to them and how it was a game for sickos. Uh, for those not not aware, Time Stalkers, aka Climax Landers, is a weird sort of party-based roguelike for the Dreamcast that brings together your favorite characters from things like Land Stalker and Shining in the Darkness. <laughs> I, I do like those things, and I do. In, like in case you're, in case you're exactly the kind of sicko that would be into though that combination of things, but also your main character is named like the 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 original main character is named Sword. Wow, <laughs> incredible name. Well, I am into all those things, and somehow still have zero interest in. Time well, you're not into Dreamcast things. Yeah, Dreamcast. Yeah, you need to calm down. It's been. Been 25 years. I will not right? let this go. Will not let this It has go. been literally 25 years, Wheels. Don't care. A quarter the of a century. Still burns. The soul still burns? Yeah, soul calibre? I love soul the dream. Yes. God fucking damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> I was playing Mars Matrix yesterday. <laughs> and Giga Wing 2. It's a pretty dope game. Um, punch this wizard in Destiny you now. Oh, you love, you, but you love wizards. I do. That's that's showing the level of my frustration here. Self-destructive. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Do we do we want to do we want to talk about like the most like people ravenous for Switch Two rumors? Uh, we'll we'll latch on to basically anything. Yes. Uh, I saw there were so Game Shark. Of, of two screens also, which I'm not buying. I I don't believe a second of that. Yeah, no, uh, sorry, sorry. That would make it that would make it suddenly very hard to uh to plug it into the yeah the, to, to plug it into a dock. Yeah, no, um, stop with the shit, people. Stop. My my personal favorite was so uh something someone bought the corpse of the name Game Shark. And announced that they were bringing out a game, a new game shark with AI technology, because because we sh we sure love to just pull out every buzzword that may one day convince an investor to spend very foolish game, amounts of money. Game shark with AI technology on the cloud with big data. Oh, uh, big data, uh, baby! Is that still a thing, or did they give up on that buzzword? 
I think that's still kind of a thing, but it's more it's it's deeper into the tech hole. Um, uh, Internet of Things. Uh, but yeah, uh, so, so AI, AI, AI shark or whatever. I deal um, with the fucking Internet of Things. It's so it sucks. It's a, such a fucking your device is connected to the internet. It does not does what's mean. It, what's it gonna What's it gonna do there? Nothing. Have to have its own password. I was I was so happy yesterday when I saw on like social media some being like, yeah, it was it was just like an image of like their fucking washing machine and how much data it was using. And it's like, what is my washing machine doing? Why is it using three and a half gigs of data in a day? I, I can't imagine like the 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 reason the Internet of Things became its own buzzword was because people were like, we should connect this to the internet. What will it do once it gets oh. there? We should connect this to the internet. Uh, it will present an en enormous security vulnerability at some stage. Um, yes, there there are practical uses for it, but not. You don't not come up with to something. The general to do, public. Come come up with something for it to do before. You you decide that it needs to connect to the internet, yes. not after. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but can, but yeah. can I can I just go off on how much I hate AI? Let me finish everything. Let me finish the the stupid game shark story first. Okay, you do that. Sure. So so they Giant when they did this, they were like, we're we're gonna we're going to release uh, this AI powered game shark uh, for all current gen cops uh, for all current gen consoles in September to coincide with the launch of the Switch Two. And uh, that was an extremely suspicious set of statements, uh, which you know any, anyone who's like trying to talk about how they're they're rebranding an old product with AI, we're revitalizing an old product with AI. It's immediately meritorious of suspicion, uh, and like eventually they like shortly after they proclaimed they had to come out and say like, oh, that's just when we're thinking the Switch Two will come out. Uh, but the thing about it was, uh, like, even if they had claimed that they knew for a fact, I wouldn't have trusted them as far as they, I could throw them for two fairly basic reasons. The first being, I don't trust anything from someone trying to sell me an AI-based product at face value. And the other being, and I'm not sure if people have just forgotten this over the last 15 years, the reason GameShark went away is that console manufacturers fucking hate them, and always have, and spent a great deal of time and effort trying to engineer games to make them impossible to interact with a GameShark. <laughs> like, that is not a company that is going to have access to information like, when is the Switch 2 coming out? Yeah, but with the power of AI, can any company stop them from? I will leave. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you will taste the curb. No, it's fine because I fucking hate everyone calling everything AI. Like it's this. This is all just automation, and half of it has existed for a long fucking time, and it's not new. And, and beyond that, it's it's mostly pressing uh, new forms of automation into uh, making things that they uh, that it is manifestly not suited for. Yes, <laughs> but what, I think like, that is, 
Hello. That, that, hello. That, that hello. is what the current, uh, that is what the current quote unquote AI boom is. It's, but what if we tried really hard to make the, to make automation technologies do things they're really bad at? So that I'm we can make it. Uh, I'm reminded of the general sentiment on Art Twitter. Back decades ago, they said that automation would help free up free us from manual labor so we could pursue our artistic dreams, and now they want to use it to pursue the artistic dreams for us while we do the manual labor. Yep. Yeah, and yep. inevitably what you end up producing is something that, like, see, like, the, the push that they're making at this stage is we get the AI, the, the quote-unquote AI to uh, generate garbage. And then... Uh, instead of uh, instead of paying someone to uh, as with the title of writer, we treat them as an editor and uh, you know pay them worse because oh well you're just fixing the AI output you're just massaging it and it's like no it's it's so yeah. bad that you're going to have to basically rewrite the entire thing but we can pretend yeah, that you aren't. <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, issues with the professional translation industry yeah. as well. Because yeah, they've certainly. they've been doing this with the translators for much longer, just because of Google Translate, and the translators are having pushback, saying, you know, half the time we actually just have to go back to the source material and retranslate this because the Google Translate messed it up so the much. The output is worthless. It is it is less yeah. than it is less than worthless because it's like you you end up with like if you just trust what the Google Translate says. It makes all sorts of mistakes, but you can't, if you're not looking at the original, you won't be able to tell what they were sometimes. Mm. <laughs> and if you're not doing your homework like a good student, you don't realize that there's anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So I, I can tell you stories about Weblio, the current favorite, I, or, or DeepL, which are both favorites among yeah. some of my student classes, where these programs cannot cannot successfully parse Japanese passive tense very well. Mm-hmm. And especially, uh, it'll just read whatever the subject, the whatever the subject of the sentence is as the topic, which in English this mm -hmm. is usually the same thing, but it's not in Japanese. Yeah, they have different markers and, for that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, quite often it is the same thing in Japanese, but not always, and especially not with mm -hmm. passive voice. And so mm -hmm. you will get it to say things like, the hamburger ate it. <laughs> you know what? I can make a story out of that. <laughs> yeah. And that's fairly tame for some of the ridiculous stuff that comes out of it. Mm. Um, yeah. Or the students will attempt to, ch or, I mean, we, we encourage them to, if at most, use it for individual words. Except there are cases where they attempt to translate half of a set phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh... it ends up having a completely different meaning when you only use two words out of it. It's mm -hmm. kind of funny. Okay, but yeah. Just, uh, again, hello, and, uh great AI. Yeah. 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 Fuck that shit. Stupid ex or, um, one of the stupidest examples well, um, I've seen. Alright, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, just, since I've been, this is something I've been paying close attention to via Twitter and everywhere else that has people who are being impacted by this, um, there was, I think back in May, there was this one lady who was discussing um, 
the original thought processes behind her company's AI engine uh, that she that they've been building. No, 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 no. This hmm. one was. Uh, I mean, she was an avid gamer. She loved things like Skyrim, and she was just straight out attempting to make something that could provide basic NPC random talk based on a very oh, limited. Yeah, basically based on a limited library for the game. Okay. And um, honestly, when I read it, I was like, I was thinking like two weeks before I saw this, I think we were talking here on Q&A Quest where we were discussing that that was possibly one of the better possible uses of AI for video game production. Um, mm -hmm. But she was talking about how they, when they pitched it to one of the game companies, the game company's first reaction was, oh, we can get rid of half of our writing staff. Yeah, that's, uh, like, that's what they do. And she's like, that was not what was intended that's when I this started is made for. this. <laughs> So th this is supposed to help supplement the writing so that the writers can actually focus on the stuff that's important. <laughs> Not get rid of half of them. But that was, the, that was what corporate's first thought was, was, oh, we can use this to replace people. Mm -hmm. And she was explaining that this is why she was no longer working in this field. Yeah, don't blame her. It's, yep. uh... Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is depressing. Uh, well, uh, I, I, uh, I have one more thought on this. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. Please. Yes. Sorry for interrupting. No, it's fine. I saw some really annoying thing about this where it was like showing how you can use Chat P GPT GPT to like get started on a software project and like describing how you can use it <laughs> to essentially create like a a template. And I, I'm just sitting here like. There's Buddy, been, there's been template generation my, for fucking twenty years since I when I was that in is that college. is one of the most basic functions that any like IDE is going to have. Yes, it's like, like template code generation. What? Why the yeah. fuck would I waste my time with this shit? Like you, you've you've wasted a tremendous amount of energy, like literal energy resources, to have a computer do something that is already built into my IDE. Yes. <laughs> And some of the anecdotes I've been reading involving chat GPT and coding, it doesn't... Oh yeah, you get I mean, some real fucked up shit. It gets maybe one good sentence out of it, and then it does nothing but hallucinate. Yeah, like... Because, like, everything that currently it's, it's claiming to automate, like, writing things, or uh, automate, like, generating pictures is... In both senses, it's looking at like, well, what's the most common way for this to be to follow on from the previous thing? So, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it it's it does not think. It is not a person and does not think of. It does not make decisions. It looks it's at not AI. <laughs> yeah, it it, it is, is it is, it is your a glorified autocorrect. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a glorified your autocorrect. Yeah. Auto it, it, yeah, it's your it's your phone's predictive text. And uh, in, in like a very, uh, but with a much larger sample size, like that is all it's doing. Um, oh, but, you're saying it's using big data? Oh, big data, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. Big data on the cloud, yeah. Oh, Lord. With, um, with that's your where, internet of things. But yeah, like the, the entire thing, uh, because of that, like, even if you got it to generate like perfectly sane output 
every time. Like it would, it would produce intern. I won't say saying uh, internally consistent output. If if you got it to produce things that made sense when read as a coherent whole, it still wouldn't be worthwhile because the nature of what it's of how it generates is that it generates only what you expect. Mm. Mm-hmm. A, a writer that can been... only tell you the thing that you expect it, it, that you expect from it is worthless. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, an artist that only draws exactly what you would expect is is in that sense lear- pretty much worthless. <laughs> or even worse, an artist who cannot actually draw what you ask them to. Mm-hmm. But like because, I saw, yeah, okay. I mean, no matter how how well you word that thing, it's not um, an actual artist is going to be able to do a much better job of coming up with something that matches what you're describing. But even more so. An actual artist has makes decisions about like interpreting what you want. They can bring you things that you didn't know you wanted yet. Mm-hmm. And the, these these fucking chatbots. Speaking as someone are... who has commissioned a lot of cover art by this point, yes. Mm-hmm. Like like a, yeah. a, a part of the joy of commissioning an artist is seeing them bring new things to the thing you asked them for and bring additional de- layers of depth you didn't even like think about and like yeah. that's that's not what like the, these fucking chatbots they can't do that uh it's it's, it's just... like um yeah oh god i was just like um i'm, I'm just remembering all, all the random times where i was just Whenever I commission a, a cover piece of cover art, all I do is I mm-hmm. say exactly what exactly what I need out of it, and I say mm-hmm. okay. And if I don't have a specific need for a type of pose or mm-hmm. a particular item, I will just leave it up to the artist, and she comes through very well. Um, like uh, mm-hmm. episode twelve cover art, I was describing three witches, and I. She had already done one of these characters before, so she had a reference for that one. And the second one, I just said she's got one of those little teacup-type hats that clip on to the side. Did not describe the third witch's hat at all, and she still... Just the facial expressions. And she still gave this witch a a three-foot circumference hat, because her head just... It just suited her personality that well. I hadn't not even described her like that, (laughs) but it was Mm. perfect. Uh, so, so one of the things that sucked about this was I saw like the current currently the wave is like let's replace voice actors, like every every. Oh every no! Oh no! 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 Yeah, like worse. every couple already... weeks, like there's. Okay. I mean, standardized testing in Japan has already done that with um, listening sections for English mm-hmm. exams. Oh lord! And it is because they can keep it to the same consistent speed and lack of intonation that the mm-hmm. students are able to understand more properly than if you had two native speakers talking fairly normally to each other. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to worry about different accents. So mm-hmm. I can, on one hand, I can understand why. On the other hand, it gets really, really annoying have to sta- having to stand out in the hall while this is playing and noting mm-hmm. every single time they do a really weird um, accenting. Or yeah. not stressing. Mm. Like, like you know, obviously, you know, just generating sound doesn't know what what it's for. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah, like there's a there's a shitty SAG AFTRA uh, contract that's like, uh, we've made a short term contract with Replica AI for AI Replica Voices, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it, it sucks. Uh, as as uh, as a uh, acquaintance who works in development uh, put it on, uh, who works in game dev uh, put it on Twitter. Uh, if you can't afford uh, to hire voice actors, don't put voice acting in your video game. Uh, yeah. But the, yeah. the 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 broader thing that I kept thinking of, uh, like what. Uh, how I ended up summing up my own thoughts. Imagine a bold future where the voice acting sucks ass, but also it was essentially undirectable and labor-intensive to edit because getting a halfway decent take will require Frankensteining output together. Also, the worst, most obnoxious people in the world can get paid. Yep. I I think I saw that post, yes. Mm -hmm. It's real bad. Don't like it. Um, Please, just... (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, seriously, you do not realize how bad it is until you've had to watch a few videos ba- or listen to a few exams based on this. Um, yeah, like I, it's it's one of those things that, like, when I hear it, it's like it it's it it is almost instant to pick out because there's mm-hmm. just a certain kind of halted speech that comes from it. Oh, um, in, in one class, a teacher showed a uh, like a tourism promotional video, mm-hmm. which I'm fairly certain was actually produced in India. Just because mm-hmm. the occasional actual person voice had a very thick Bombay accent, yeah. Um, but the the actual narration was almost certainly AI, and part of the way we could tell is it could never actually pronounce a date properly. <sighs> oh, you you give it a year, and it will pr- um like it pronounced like nineteen eighty three different ways. Like oh, read God. it out differently, like one nine eight zero at one point. It just yeah. it could not recognize that something was a date. Yeah, you keep having, like, if someone cared, they would have to keep forcing it to regen that over and over until they got the sound they wanted, and then Frankenstein takes together to make it sound good. And it's like, this is so much, this is so much worse. You were, you were, to get worse results, you were spending a ton of time in sound edit rather than in, uh, a ton of additional time in sound edit rather than in just getting a decent take from an actual human. Mm hmm. Sucks. Fun fact, people. Yeah. Binary computers not good at language. Yeah, they really a, suck a known ass. issue for many years. Yes. Actually, not know. Actually, not knowing what a date is is maybe the most human. Is maybe the most uh, computer thing anything has ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, we're oh yeah, but even better since since this video was about my home state. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever looked at the state map of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. You will see a lot of place names that are certainly oh, no. not English, not Spanish, maybe French, but not pronounced like French. Um, mm-hmm. That, yeah. Um, anybody who goes into broadcast journalism in the state of Oklahoma has to have a, I'm joking here, but probably yes, has a like a one semester course on how to properly pronounce some of these place names. Mm-hmm. It's like... One town in the northeast side of the state. M-I-A-M-I. How would you pronounce that? Guess what? It's not Miami, baby. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, it's close. It's Miami, but yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's uh... good old Miami. Okay. Yeah, but then you get stuff like um, Pushmataha or Ufala or um, Potawatomi. 
Nope, not gonna, not even gonna try to guess how those are spelled. Um, they're actually spelled pretty close to phonetically. It's just that English phonetics is so screwed up that you're gonna have to try and guess what it is anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we've been quite oh, no, quite um, reasonably miserable for quite a minute. <laughs> um, I would like to mention. I think the the oldest the oldest um, instance of something like this being used in a Japanese video game I can think of. Mm-hmm. It was actually, I think it was Tokimeki Memorial 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, then. because I think it can yeah. it can read your it, it reads your name. Yes. Um, the voice acting is all done by people, but the way it was set up mm-hmm. is that the game can adapt any name that's, that can be written in katakana can be adapted mm-hmm. into that game to be used as the protagonist's name in any voiced cutscene. Yeah, it's it's slightly easier in a syllabary to be able to do that. Although it still probably took a lot of That's engineering work. Yeah, that and since Japanese has a very consistent, um, it is not met it is not a metric language like English, mm-hmm. and so it has a very consistent pacing and intonation, mm-hmm. which is actually one of the reasons why um, syncing voice acting to lips in anime is much easier in Japanese than it is in English. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how many flaps some, a word is going to take. <laughs> and where they will be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Okay. Um, Fuck yeah. Let's see. Okay, we're, we're going to go into what Gaijin's, Gaijin's been playing in a moment, but first we want to check some things uh, so in the chat. Time. You will not escape comic time. Understood. Okay. Uh, Firemaner asks, why didn't Vandal Hearts get a DS port? And Hoshigami did. Hoshigami is one of the worst games I've ever played. Um, uh, the the answer to that is uh, Konami and then three question marks. Uh, speaking of Konami and then three question marks, <laughs> yes. there's an actually cool thing that got announced today. Yes. Uh, the the uh, There will be a collection of the three 16-bit Rocket Knight games. Yes, I'm um, sad it doesn't include the new one as well. It's a shame. It probably would have required like the the other three are running in like a, uh, a like sort of emulation layer. Yeah, an emulation layer made by a uh, it's talented, uh, a fairly talented seeming programmer who also does a lot of YouTube videos. He seems like a pretty good guy, uh, but uh, I, I would imagine that making like that would have required essentially just an entirely different team to make it. So that's probably why we're we're not seeing that, but rocket Knight adventures, Sparkster rocket Knight adventures two and Sparkster. Those are two different games, uh, are all coming. (laughs) Two of them are good. (laughs) Okay. Yes. I remember Uh, my parents got me, uh, rocket Knight adventures for Genesis and, Mm-hmm. So not something I'd asked for or even heard of, and quickly fell in love with that with that game. Uh, it's a wonderful little game. Uh, I believe it will include the Japanese versions, which is very good because uh, they did some truly heinous shit uh, to the English version oh, <laughs> in terms of in terms of difficulty. Oh, that's right. Uh, but, I that. Yeah. Uh, by by that I mean like you couldn't get to the ending on the easier difficulties anymore, and they shifted. M- the difficulty multiple ways away. Let me. I want to get the exact uh, way that they did this because it's it's ridiculous and 
truly uh, one of those, like, we really don't want you finishing this on a rental and we will do whatever it takes. Um, So in the the English version, you could not uh, get uh, the ending on anything... uh, uh, on anything but uh, lower than normal. I believe that was how it worked in the US version. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So in Japan, the difficulties went normal, hard, very hard, and crazy hard. And these mapped in the US to difficulties children, easy, normal hard so uh the american normal mode was the very hard mode in japan a difficulty mode hard enough that you needed to put in a button combination to open it up in the japanese version oh yeah 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 it's really hard it was a game directed it was a game directed by a guy who was also who also directed contra hardcore (laughs) <laughs> um, so yeah, they play the Japanese version when Rocket Knight when the Rocket Knight connection collection comes out on PS4, Switch, whatever. Like play the Japanese version. There's basically no text in that game anyway. I think what little text is in there is basically already in English. Uh and you'll you'll have a you'll have a much happier time. Just just it's 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 well it, the difficulty is Perfectly fine as long as you are playing on normal, aka child difficulty. <laughs> I still can't believe they fucking like it. Wasn't enough that you didn't get an ending if you were playing on that. They also needed to insult you for doing it. Um, A lot of games did that. What was up with the localizers on that one? It was. It was very much. Uh, please do not rent this and finish it because rentals. We, we'd rather you didn't. Um. But yeah, just <sighs> um, but yeah, it's it's really nice to see that come back because it's been for for years and years and years. There have been ways to re-release Rocket Knight, and it just has resolutely never come back. And it was never clear why. <laughs> like it's no no good percentage. Yeah, like Konami owns it lock, stock, and barrel. Uh, but for for whatever reason, it apparently never made sense to bring back, and that's a shame. But thankfully, it's coming back. You can you can buy it. Uh, the the original Mega Drive game and the Super Nintendo version of Sparkster are both great. Uh, the nothing nothing tops the original, but the Super Nintendo game is excellent. And then Rocket Knight Adventure Sparkster colon Rocket Knight Adventures Two, the Genesis Sparkster. It's okay. It's it's not amazing. It's uh it's easily the weakest of the three, but it's nice that all three will be available. It's it's nice. No one no one needs to worry about whether they're uh, other other than wheels. No one gets needs to worry about whether the preferred game is available. I think that Rocket Knight, the uh game I associate with 360, I think that's still available on Steam though. So it is also backwards uh, compatible on 360, I believe. Yeah, on Series X, but yeah. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, duh. Yes, on Series. But yeah, I, I believe that that is at least still available. So this will be the first time that all the Rocket Knight games have been officially available in some capacity in many years. 
and, and they're wonderful. Uh, Sparkster himself is an adorable character, uh, a wonderful little design. And the the th- the only thing I would say is they look like platformers because that's the era they come from. And like, oh, of course, this this cute thing would be a mascot platformer. It has a lot more in common with Contra, uh, which makes sense. Again, the guy who made uh, Hardcore, uh, the director of Hardcore, uh, directed uh, Rocket Knight Adventures. Uh, it, it's not bereft of platforming, but like, d- don't go into it expecting a a traditional platformer uh, because you you will get the wrong impression. Um, Agreed. Okay, but it is wonderful. Just, also, this game. Oh, what? Okay, I was gonna. If we're let me know when we're finished. I had some things to mention for new st- or for old stuff coming back on Switch and stuff. Like cosmic, like cosmic fantasy. <laughs> no, that's not the one I was gonna talk about because um, I just found this one while I was listening. To you guys were scrolling through D- uh, Dengeki online and found mm-hmm. out that uh, next Wednesday, Japan time, they are putting both of the Golden Sun games on Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, that's coming Yeah, that's coming in the U.S. as well, so Golden Sun and Lost okay. Age are both coming at the same time, which is nice. Uh, I didn't know if it had been mentioned around here yet, and I was just... Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten around to bring it up, so yeah, thanks yeah. for reminding. I don't know if we have a news article on the site about it either. Yeah, I mean it. It was yeah. just an hour, just dropped on social media channels like an hour ago. Oh, and apparently they're getting a remaster of Wiseman's World. I remember, I remember reporting on that one like fourteen years ago, thirteen years ago. What a time! Oh man, what a time. Uh, God, yeah. What's the, what's the other? Uh, I swear there. Yeah, I'm st- I'm still just thinking about. Oh yeah, there was a there was another egg console game that's. Uh... Oh, which one? Uh, God, what I mean, was it? So many of these things. Yeah, there was a there was another one that's coming to the U.S. Uh, Markinvale, Martianvale, which is uh, less less well known uh, among English speaking nerds than uh, Xanadu, and also. Uh, has a lot more Japanese text than the other ones, so that's a, that's a wild thing to see. But Egg Console Markinvale for the based on the version for the PC eighty eight oh one Mark two SR. So good, so, good on them for making clear which. There, yeah. hmm? so, well, it's just fun to see what they come up with. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Martinvale. Uh, you know, action RPG. As, as the as the shop description mentions, it's an action RPG that was made by System Say Com in 1985, like real old. Um, like whatever text is in there doesn't seem to have been translated at all. But it's neat to see it just made officially available uh, in English. Uh, well, at least on the English eShop. <laughs> to non-Japanese uh, markets. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I would imagine that if you don't care too much about the story, you can probably muddle your way through it about as well as anyone else could without the manual. Although it does seem to also have a manual. I don't know how much of that manual will actually be in English, but uh, it, I, at the same time, I'm, it's also quite likely somebody's going to translate it and put it online. Mm-hmm. And the the other thing is that from from what I can tell, based on I haven't gotten around to Xanadu yet, but the people I've heard talk about Xanadu say that the 
uh, English egg console release does have, even if it's not the original manual, it does have like sort of an explanation of like this is how the game works. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're they're they have added some stuff to like I, I would imagine that you can probably muddle your way through Mark and Vale about as well as someone in Japan in 1985 could. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's nice to see. Uh, it's just nice to see. Uh, re-releases of like these, oops, in, in especially in English, obscure PC eighty eight games, uh, because there's a lot of very influential software on uh, old Japanese PCs that like is it, just a giant hole in the knowledge in the amount of collective knowledge that uh, a lot of English speaking players have. So there's also a lot of garbage. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, like that's uh, like garbage is influential as much as anything in a lot of ways. True. <laughs> By the way, hello, hello, hello. This game looks really good, Wheels. Um, oh, this this is gonna be fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, for those not watching while we're streaming, Wheels is uh, fucking around with the demo of Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. Yeah, this is fun as shit. <laughs> Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's high praise from Wheels. <laughs> but uh, Fireminer asks, no DS Golden Sun. There's no current uh, Switch Online for DS, so we're just getting Golden Sun and Lost Age. So I would just like a oh sequel. My... Oh my god, I'm I'm losing my mind. Wheels, you're you're playing the demo of Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, and which is. Interrupting it to show me an ad for Prince of Persia. The Lost oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome! Uh, but yeah, uh, Dark Dawn. Like I don't know if there's ever a if there's ever a uh, Switch Online DS, which I don't know how that would work. But if they if they ever ha- got ambitious enough to do such such a thing, like I would expect Dark Dawn to show up there. But not a moment before. Um, Fun fact: My copy of Dark Dawn is still sealed because I didn't finish the second one yet. So, now's your chance to start over. No, I discovered something <laughs> interesting on Turbo Graphics. What's that? Um, so, in Japan, on the Turbo Graphics, there was a game called Adventure Island. Yeah, like, oh, that okay. game. So I started Yay, playing yes. it, and it wasn't. Adventure Island. It was like, oh, this Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. Yes, and so then in, in English, it's Dragon's Curse. But here I am playing this game, expecting Adventure Island, and it's like, no, this this is like a Wonder Boy game. Okay, that's it's still good. But I was like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> There's something even more fun. There's also New Adventure Island, which is an actual Adventure Island game. Yes, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, it's Super, uh, yeah. Super Adventure Island. Yeah, that's Super Famicom, though, not uh, oh. not Turbo Graphics. Yeah, um, and but yeah, yeah. I, I love how just truly uh, deranged the family tree is of uh, of Adventure Island and Wonder Boy. Where Adventure Island One and Wonder Boy, for those unaware, Adventure Island One and Wonder Boy One are the same game. Every sequel to either game is unrelated; like they aren't the same games. But they still have all sorts of like weird, like v- uh, variant uh, versions. 
God, which one? Which one got turned into Bikuri Man World? I don't know. You mean Bikuri uh, Man World? Yeah, Bikuri Man World. Bikuri. Uh, that is that is Monster World One, aka Wonder Boy Two, Wonder Boy and Monster Land. Um, yeah, hold on. Look, look, look at the stream for a second. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking. You can just. I, I don't have it you up. You can just Let jump up walls. Because you can, yeah, you can dash. You got the Mega Man X wall dash. This is fucking. Oh my god. Oh yeah, my god, I'm very excited. Game. <laughs> uh, the game is but, wheels approved. That's all we need to know. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got. Or like, uh, there's, there's actually a mark of shame <laughs> in some games. <laughs> uh, not as bad as my taste. Um, yes, but you're more likely to hate a lot more games than, like,. Me. It's, Except it's, for Neptunia. It's true. Also, especially Metroidvanias, because if you've been listening for a while, I've sh- I kind of shit on most indie Metroidvanias because they're kind of bad. I was going to say, actually, uh, part of the reason I linked that Digital Foundry video is I was wondering if you would see it because, like, partway through, the guy is like, yeah, I feel like the, the genre has gotten kind of stale recently, but I was really pleased with this one. <laughs> so yes. I was thinking, oh, hey, one of Wheels' kindred spirits. Yes. But uh, uh, I mean, I feel so, yeah. I feel bad hating on like indie games. It's, it's shitty to spend games. a lot of time hating on an indie game because but it's like, it, and it's it's not really their fault. It's the fault of people that won't shut up about like insert Metroidvania X being the best thing ever, like me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this <laughs> game. This game wishes it was like. Half as good as Metroid Dread. Sorry, I'm I'm gonna bring up some other like really twisted parts of the Wonder Boy family tree. Okay. Uh, so we've got Sayuki World, uh, which is another port of Wonder Boy and Monster Land. This time to the Famicom, and then there's a Sayuki World two, but that is not uh-huh. a Wonder Boy game. That is an unrelated game that was <laughs> <laughs> that was in English renamed to Wampum. And, yeah, and had its, its protagonist Wampum. changed from Sun from Sun Wukong to a little Native American child named Wampum. Yeah, that was that That's, was the joke. That is offensive. Wampum was the trade coins made out of shells. Yeah, and then they they decided to try to pun it by spelling it W H O M P space apostrophe E M. Wampum. But then in yeah. I figured that was how they did. But then what's the Monster World game where you're playing as the female character? You're thinking like of, of Monster Skimitar. World 4 aka okay. uh no wait, it doesn't have an aka, it's just Monster World 4. That was okay. the that was the one that didn't have like a million uh re-releases, but yeah, there's uh there's Dynastic Hero which is under that's that's Wonder Boy and Monster World, aka Monster World Three, aka Wonder Boy Five. Um, but I believe the Turbo version, yeah, the Turbo Graphics version, was called Dynastic Hero for some reason. Uh, the thing, the 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 dreadful thing I will leave this off on is uh, there are two Wonder Boy Threes and no Wonder uh, and no Wonder Boy Four, but there is a Wonder Boy Five. Because huh? there's Wonder Boy Three: The Dragon's Trap, which is the console uh, Metroidvania style game, and there is 
Wonder Boy 3 The Monster's Lair, which is a arcade shooter. Uh-huh. And then nothing that will admit to being Wonder Boy 4. But Wonder Boy and Monster World is Wonder Boy 5 colon Monster World 3. Okay. The soul burns. Colon. <laughs> well, I'm also looking through the Turbo Graphics games I have. And I found something called Juoki, which mm. is just Altered Beast. Yeah. And it's yeah. like it's the Turbo Graphics version, and there's only two attack buttons, so up is jump. It's like, oh, this is actually worse than the Genesis. It also trip. has tons of like weird technical problems. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just... does, however, there is a CD version with CD voice acting, in case you needed that. Oh, oh sure. No. Okay, but the game that really got me, though, it's called Honey in the Sky and Honey on the Road. (laughs) Yeah, that game's kind of neat. Honey in the Sky with Diamonds? No, but it's just, he he looks like one of the um, Vocaloid thing, or no, what what is it in Animal Crossing? The little um, figures that you bury and then you dig up. What are they called? Well, anyways, that's what they look like. Maybe. Um, do they kind of yeah. look like a, a, a cactrot, but a brandish? They look like a cactar. Yes. Yeah, also uh, I think with the gyroids in Gyroid. uh, Animal Crossing yes. were designed to look yes. like as well. So that's the thing. So I just see this I mean, picture, that... I'm like, I'm like, that looks neat, let's try that. And it's this like, actually pretty decent shoot-em-up. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. 1988. Yeah, uh, that's around when the turbo was uh, was a going concern in Japan. But mm-hmm. yeah, Honey in the Sky and Honey in the Road, <laughs> pretty fun. Yeah, so th- th- it was. I tell you, it, it just looking through these games, it's like being a a kid at the video store again, you know? Because I'm in RetroArch and I downloaded all the thumbnails. You know the cover arts. So you just see all like, the little summer, the cover arts. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, remember you'd go to the store and you would just rent something that looked cool, and you had no idea what you were actually getting, of course. And except you no longer have anything to regret if you get something bad. Yeah. So I'm just looking through it, and it's like, um, oh man, there's just some cool looking games, but then you start playing, you're like, oh, it's a Japanese RPG that doesn't have any English text. Great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there are very few translated. Uh, turbo games, which is a bit uh, uh, turbo RPGs, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, I have bad news. You died again? Uh, no, I hit a wall by accident, and it turned out it was a secret passage, which means there's probably That's fun. more of that all over the place in this game. I mean, well, it's a Metroidvania, so yes. There has to be. So what you're saying? What you're saying is you found a secret tunnel. Yes. The secret to everybody. Um, okay, I was making a uh, last Airbender joke. Yeah, but I was making a Legend of Zelda joke. It's okay to do both. Yeah, I'm trying to figure uh, out what Wheels was referencing. Uh, the fact that uh-huh. I found the game playing? secret passage, and not all not all games have like hit random wall, and there might be a secret passage there. So I'm saying this. So what you're probably, saying is it's Dark Souls. Yeah, and what I'm saying is there's probably tons of secrets. So this game is probably Good. massive. Good. Well, I mean, isn't it by Ubisoft? Yes. Yeah, but it's not that kind of Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's Ubisoft Montpellier. 
Yeah, Montpellier's last game that I'm aware of was uh, Rayman Legends, which yeah. just seems uh, to have some of the same zip, the, the same sort of parabolic jump arcs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they don't have to work on uh, Beyond Good and Evil. <laughs> Dead that thing that's anymore. absolutely never coming out. Yes. <laughs> never. Don't worry, 20th anniversary edition's out, baby. Or, well, it's coming out soon. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm playing the only Soul game that matters. I don't know what that is, and I'm not going to ask. Persona 4. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's hard for me I to... Like to that. It's hard for me to say bad things about that. Oh, what I'm is not, that? I'm not going to say it's the only game that matters. That seems a little extreme. Okay, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very good game that matters. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like the fact that we have a consensus on this. What is this Street Fighter 2 game on Turbo Graphics? It must be it awful. Is a, it is a Port of Champion edition. It's actually quite good. But <laughs> there's only two buttons. There was a special six-button controller that was sold for uh, the Turbo for that. Okay. Huh. At the very least, it, it released them from the temptation of being like, oh, we can have each of the three buttons be punches and then you press start and now they're kicks. And now there's no pause button. Yeah, just like you dreamed. All right, hang you on. love this. Uh, yeah, so the thing is, it's only... Oh! Hang on. I pressed... Oh, okay. There's a button I can press in RetroArch that switches between six-button or two-button mode. So I'm getting <laughs> some extra attack buttons now, but Zangief is still kicking my ass. Oh yeah, as it's still quite hard. Prone to do, <laughs> but uh, as as a I mean, as isn't Pro, that like actually... one of the characters you always lose to wheels on? <laughs> oh no, I I beat him when he's Zangief. No, he doesn't beat me with Zangief mm. usually. Maybe he did a couple times. But you, you, he, can, he... you can grudge match it again next yeah, next time we do that. Yeah, okay. the, that's the one. He, yeah, that's who he got me with. He may have gotten me with E Honda and Blanca a few times each, but you Jimmy. What is this game? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh... Oh. Hey. Okay. I don't know what I was expecting here, but yeah. So right in, my, right in my list, there's Strip Fighter. Strip, so there's Street Fighter, yeah. then there's Strip Fighter. I'm like, oh, and I opened it like, oh, yeah, that's about what I expected. And yeah, I don't want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> strip fighter strip fighter is one of those games in the long tradition of making games for like people who are just terminally horny but yeah. like deciding that i guess they need to be punished for that by making the game just ball bustingly hard yeah, what well, i mean variable geo is kind of up there too yeah it's um, it's one of those things that like i like i don't know what like were you trying to punish people for like Buying like weird low 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 res video game pornography, very strange. <laughs> so then there's okay. So how's this? Takahashi Meijin no Shin Bokenjima. That is New Adventure Island. Yes, that is the Japanese yeah. title. Wow. I hope yeah. I pronounced uh, it correctly. Yeah, you mostly got that right. That's and, I can tell yeah. what you're saying. So that's yeah, better than a lot of people. It's basically just like Master Takahashi's New Adventure Island. Okay. Yeah, and then Truxton was our originally. Yeah, it's like a Toplin game. Tatsujin, yeah, or Jean. Tatsujin. Tatsujin. Okay. 
Um, and yeah, there's just uh, a lot of oh, the Tower of Juaga. Oh, that's I play that for five minutes and be like, wait, shit, fuck this game. Yeah, it, uh, I remember being hard as fuck. I had it on the the Wii Shop channel. Yeah, it's a really hard game. Uh, it's yeah. it's true nonsense. Uh, <laughs> there was an anime based on it that had a really funny first episode, but then it turns into a really dumb, serious anime that I didn't care for. There's also a PS2 roguelike revival, The Nightmare Roof Druaga. Whoa, I this don't is know like why someone released that in English. Hold on, this is a really good port. This is better than the arcade. Wow. It was, yeah, it was a couple of years old by that point, and the TG-16 was a pretty impressive piece of hardware for like 1987. Yeah, wow. I, I, I was expecting just the a basic arcade port oh cool i want to play that now uh what's i gonna say if you haven't uh, already downloaded it and you want to play some uh rpg if you ever want to play any turbo graphics rpgs i can recommend uh the original legend of heroes if you like 8-bit style rpgs and uh each one and two on uh tg16 is an incredible version even if you've played like the chronicles versions <laughs> okay I do not recommend the visual novel slash RPG that is, uh, uh, oh God, Galaxy Fraulein Yuna. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that one night. I remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, is that is that the one you streamed? Yeah. Well, yes. the first one, first one is okay. First one's okay. Okay. Do do not play the second one. The second one is a load of the worst game I have ever played in my entire bloody life. And I have played some really weird... You, you well, have. I have so you saying that makes me want to never come within 15 feet of this game. It does, it does make game, me want to be like, hmm. Oh god, no, but... no. The battle system is so bad. I think... I. I, I honestly, if any, I trust any one of us to play it, it would be Dave only because he probably would be like, oh, he, he would suffer through just as I did. <laughs> I know that. Suffer like G did. Uh, suffer I'm sorry, Dave. I was educating someone on the joys of Death Crimson last night. Anyone know Death Crimson here? No, Where are my no. Death Crimson? I've heard of it. Dad. The name does not fill me with joy, you know. Death Crimson <laughs> was a Sega Saturn light gun game uh, oh. that infamously instantly became like the most pilloried game on the Sega Saturn and developed a cult following for being like ba incompetent in baffling ways. Uh, eventually someone produced an art project uh, lovingly dubbed the Death Saturn, uh, which is to say that they uh, put a copy of Death Crimson into a Sega Saturn and then glued the Sega Saturn's light gun uh, into the controller port and then glued the disk drive shut uh, so that you could only play Death Crimson on the Death Saturn. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Which is an important piece of art, modern art, as is, uh, it's, it's very... De Death Crimson developed enough of an ironic cult following that uh, they eventually uh, did a reprint of it just so that people could... Uh, that was essentially hand-sold by the director of the game, uh, it got a sequel called Death Crimson 2 for the Dreamcast that uh, intermixes like uh, 
point and click adventure game element in between the shooting segments. Why? <laughs> it's it is an extremely strange game, and uh, that is so- sometimes something doesn't need to be good to be worthwhile. Sometimes you just need weird garbage. Um, All right, so I've got two other games to talk about real quick, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to hop off. But yeah, um, so I tried a game out called Ankoku Densetsu, mm. which I don't know what Ankoku that would translate Densetsu. as. What Legend of the Darkness. Legend of the Dark. Okay, not that, not exciting. <laughs> okay, but it's um no, it's just a, a weird kind of side scroller platformer, and you just whack people with your sword and collect orbs, and it's it's actually yeah. There weird. were a lot of games yeah. of that type at the time. <laughs> yeah, and Densetsu seems to come up a lot, and a lot of yeah, it just means legend, so it shows legend up a lot. Legend. Oh, okay, but then yeah. um I tried something that I did not expect to be even playable, and. So Sunsoft did a Batman game for TurboGrafx. Oh yeah, and it's Pac-Man. <laughs> it's actually not bad, and it's basically yeah. Batman Pac-Man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not bad, it's just baffling. So, yeah. So call it Pac-Man? <laughs> I don't know what to call it, but it's like you're in a little maze, and jo- Joker's goons are chasing you, and you got to collect items to go to the next level. So you hit them with a batarang, and then bump into them, and they die. But they respawn. <laughs> It's Pac-Man with Batman. <laughs> it's it's genuinely a baffling product, especially because pre-release in Japan, they showed a game that looked more like a, the kind of game you would expect when you said, "I'm we're making a Batman game. It looked more like the NES Sunsoft Batman, which is a great little game. Yeah. But for some reason, they canceled that and replaced it with this, which isn't even a bad game. It's just confusing. Right. And <laughs> it's not it bad. has that it's awesome Sunsoft like that. music. Yeah. Oh, the the soundtrack's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, like holy shit, I love it. But I got oh, to level gonna... four, and then it started to get hard. Oh yeah, it gets it gets real tough. Uh, one thing I was gonna say was, uh, speaking of Batman, if you get arcade emulation sorted out, you should play uh, the the most like cruising for a trademark bruising title ever, Ninja Baseball Batman. <laughs> okay. Is <laughs> Uh, a game mostly about like it's a it's a really pretty beat 'em up where you just are uh, a a baseball player, but it's called Ninja Baseball Batman. <laughs> and uh, that's one way of getting around trademark. Yeah, uh, I want to say it was made by Irem. Yeah, it was made by Irem, so you can tell it's good. Um, but yeah, a, a really neat uh, little beat 'em up. Uh, that came out for the arcade and never got ported to anything. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, and uh, I'm finding out there was a sequel to Dragon Spirit called Dragon yeah. Saber. Yeah. Because yep. I remember, okay, so when I was a kid, I, I guess I'm still on here for a couple more minutes. Um, yeah, no. Um, when I was a kid, there was this other family that we were friends with, and they were mm-hmm. they were very nice people, and we all got along. Mm-hmm. And um, there was there was this kid and he he was a few years older than me but he was wasn't mean or anything and he would let me play his nintendo when i was over at their house uh-huh. and stuff yeah of course well one time i tried to play willow and that was a mistake but anyways um <laughs> game has its moments <laughs> i played this awesome game where you're a dragon and it's a vertical scrolling shooter and i'm just like this i remember playing this game as a kid and i remember depending on if you beat the first level or died during the first level that would change like 
the difficulty of the game and your dragon would turn a different color. Mm-hmm. And and I just spent years thinking, what was that game? And one day I saw Dragon Spirit, but it was the arcade version. So I start playing it. I'm like, this isn't quite what I remember. And then come to find out the NES version was different. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, it was really NES cool. The NES version, I think, was a D&D license. Could be. I don't know. Um, had a weird story I re- to it. I, rem- I remember it because it's in one of the Nintendo Powers. Okay. That wouldn't surprise me. So, but that's just it. It took me, you know, oh, 20, 30 years to finally fi- remember this game and be like, oh, yeah. And then finding out, okay, it's the NES version that I liked and it's different and it's better. Yeah. So that was <laughs> funny. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that person, um, he, he died at some point in a car accident. It was really tragic. Yeah. And the family, they ended up moving away and then we didn't really stay in contact with them unfortunately yeah kind of a sad yeah. story but yeah, it's rough uh, yeah demo ends but but right i before a boss fight no i always remembered <laughs> playing that game yeah and then i told this story before but one day i went to the local video store you know before blockbuster put everybody out of business and there was two guys in suits playing a, a game system i had never seen before and they handed me the controller here kid you can play and you know, they were like, we can't figure out how to beat the first level. So I get to the end of the first level and I pressed up or down and then a rainbow takes you away to the next level. And they were like, oh, we've never seen that before. And it took me, you know, 20, 30 years to figure out it was a Turbo Graphics and it was Keith Courage and Alpha Zones. Keith Courage and Alpha Zones. The pack-in title that everybody hated. But I think it's a pretty cromulent um Yeah, platformer. like I it's not an all-timer, but it's a perfectly fine little game. Yeah, and there's some levels where you turn into like a Megazord. <laughs> it's, mm. it's pretty fun. It's based on it's based on like a an, on a anime in Japan, something like Machine and Wataru. Yeah, mm. this game rocks. <laughs> but it's not yeah. as good as Mario or Sonic. But I mean, how many games are you know? Yeah, uh, Bonk is real good. Uh, that's that's worth uh, fucking around with. Uh, Legendary Axe One and Two are both pretty good. You should try those yes. as well. I also tried a Japanese uh, game called Hiki Kai Kai. Yeah, that's uh, that's Pocky and Rocky. Oh right. Oh, I thought it looked familiar. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's one other. Oh, Ninja Spirit. Ninja Spirit's real good. Give that a shot. Yes, Ninja Spirit's good. And all of the shoot 'em ups. There was a. Uh... Oh, what was the one that I mentioned? It was it was a Japanese only game, but it was like vertical scrolling shooter. It was kind of like you know Ikari Warriors or Heavy Barrel or something like that. But you're like a robot. You're oh, this like wait, Terminator robot. looking robot. Yeah. Hmm. What was it called? I don't know. Oh, Psycho Chaser. Oh yeah. Psycho Chaser is freaking cool. It has really good music. Um, I also like to- how. I like how Japan had paranoia and then USA got psychosis. You know, that's pretty similar. <laughs> like at that point, why change it if, if it's already an English word? It's, yeah, it was weird. Uh, Might have been some existing trademark that they didn't want to run afoul of. Uh, and then for, Salamander for... somehow became Life Force. I always wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah, and they added some stuff to try to sort of make that title make more sense. Okay. Uh, there's there's some extra levels that are in like oh there's a weird bioorganic levels um, oh yeah there's a 
God, TG sixteen games. There was one that I was gonna recommend that you try, and it was on the tip of my tongue, and it's gone now. Uh, oh well. Speaking of Ninja Spirit, has anyone tried the remake of Shadow of the Ninja? I don't think that's out yet, is it? Because that looks. Oh. Uh, I mean, the people making that remake are, uh, yeah, Kage Shadow of the Ninja. Yeah, that's not out until spring. The people making that remake have been on a roll making like Pocky and Rocky Reshrined and The Ninja Warriors once again and uh, uh, Wild Guns Reloaded. Like, all those are fantastic. So I have nothing but uh, optimism for uh, Kage Shadow of the Ninja. Well, then another thing that annoyed me um, did you play Cyber Shadow? It was on Game Pass. It was a Yacht Club's nah. game. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, I played that. And, well, here's the thing. Um, I'm just kind of... Um, I don't know what it is, but my Xbox gamer score ends in an 8. And I'm like, how is that possible? Most achievements are 5, 10, 15, 100. Some of the early not- games had weird... Some of the very yeah. early games did have some weird like so numbering so one of those just stupid things that annoys me i'm just i don't know sometimes when it comes to numbers i just i just get annoyed and i was like i gotta figure this out and turns out cyber shadow has a bunch of achievements that are worth either 16 or 32 points and then also redfall has some i got one achievement in redfall one or two that were worth like 17 points which i think canceled each other out at, Mm -hmm. at 35 but i'm just like i don't want I want a five or a zero at the end. I don't want an eight at the end. And it's like, but I don't want to buy Cyber Shadow and have to replay that whole game just to get achievements. It's like, oh. So the, I remember that game was, being there's a game hard. out there where like one achievement gives you nine, and then they have a whole separate achievement that gives you one. Uh, yeah, you're thinking <laughs> of you're thinking of Bullet Witch, which beating it on uh the very hardest difficulty mode uh, gives you an achievement worth one uh, one point. And <laughs> playing the game for at least 15 total hours gives you an achievement with 99 point, worth 99 points. Man. So... These are the truly evil people in our society. <laughs> oh... What is, violent soldier? What is this? Hold on, I think I, I thought you were going to go. Violent. I was, but <laughs> violent soldier. Yes, this is a very good Gradius clone. I love it. Okay, yeah, this is my life now. And and by the way, I actually fired up the old hacked NES mini console and loaded all of these Turbo Graphics games onto there because it can play them just fine with a two button controller. So this is my life now, just going through these Turbo Graphics games, and there's a lot know. of good stuff to find, especially if you add the CD. Uh, you can find a lot of weird things on that as well. Yeah. Um, so just been doing a lot of emulation lately. That's all, and hoping to maybe stream some of these games. I was thinking maybe, would, maybe I could do Turbo Graphics Tuesdays or something like that. Turbo Tuesday. Turbo test like dungeon. Turbo. You should get uh, you should get, You're get not wheels go on turbo, for, are you? you? Should get wheels on for one of those. You can play Dungeon Explorer together. Okay. okay. It's a Dungeon Explorer. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's the multiplayer dungeony thingy. Yeah, the one that's basically like, like a gauntlet style yeah. game. Yeah, it's really neat. 
So anyway, so bef so quickly before I go, yeah, just check out uh, Twitch and YouTube, Smoke and Joe Gamer. I do all kinds of videos, and I play retro games. I play new games. I play RPGs. I play games I hate and complain about them. So I did two more episodes of Joey Hates Everything featuring... Um, what was it? Returnal and the Demon Souls remake, because Demon Souls, I fucking hate that game. Even the remake is yes. still fucking bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, give in to the hate. Yes. Yes. So, anywho, check out uh, some videos on YouTube and Twitch, and uh, you know that's it. So there you go. All right, I'm gonna hop off and uh, catch you guys on Sunday. Hopefully, maybe we'll street fight again or whatever you want. We'll play a thing. We'll play a thing. Variety. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Okay. And now it's time for comic talk. What? What? Comic talk. What? Oh God, he's been he's been agitating for this. Go yes, ahead. yes, because the first issue of the new Ultimate Spider-Man has released. Can you can you answer me a question then? Yes. Why is it called Ultimate Spider-Man if it's not in the Ultimate Universe? I have no earthly idea. Like that, that really is felt it... like a, a weird choice. I mean, so <laughs> wasn't. Didn't Miles originally come from the Ultimate Universe to begin with? Yeah, that's where he came from. I guess I know they, they did like a thing. thing. Oh god! Oh, I mean, I just finished my thought there. Oh, I, I know they did like a thing where it was like the the villainous Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe went Maybe. and fucked up a yeah, yeah went and fucked up a different. Uh, universe, and I think that's the universe that they're picking up from, but they're calling it, it the is. Ultimate Universe, and I, that feels yeah. like a really weird choice. Yeah, I don't know why. And what's weirder is, so, that whole storyline began with the Maker going to see Miles and telling him he's going home, and you know, like, basically saying, do you want to come too? Because, you know, we're from the, that same universe. And then he doesn't go there, and he's fucking up this other universe for unclear reasons which I assume these ultimate comic series are going to explore which yeah doing another ultimate Spider-Man is weird some of the other ones are more interesting like uh, the ultimate X-Men looks a lot more interesting than the original ultimate X-Men which was not the best um, they're doing ultimate Black Panther which could be neat uh, and I forget what mm -hmm. the but anyway, Ultimate Spider-Man is very interesting because it's, hey, here's a like Peter Parker in his 30s, married with two kids, working at a newspaper under J. Jonah Jameson and Uncle Ben. Okay, that's a, that's a big shakeup. Yes, and <laughs> May has died due to some quote-unquote terrorist attack. I don't think it was a terrorist attack. Uh, but kind of this whole the whole implication through the first issue, like something's missing in his life. We obviously know what that is. Uh, but then, <laughs> but then at the end, he um, listens to a message from uh, Tony Stark, who supposedly was the one who carried out the 
terrorist attack that killed Aunt May, by the way, which again, mm-hmm. I don't think that's there was. I don't that's probably not what happened there. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, he tells tells him that, hey, you know, basically someone bent back in time and stopped you from getting powers. You're supposed to be this big superhero. And included with the message is a package with said radioactive spider and also a. Hey, what does bite you? Yes. So basically, it ends with him getting his powers, but it presents a very interesting setup where this isn't like. It's not a teenager. This is not a high schooler who discovers yes. their powers and is Spider Man their whole life. Yes, it's Spider Man starting at, as an adult, and this could be quite interesting so um hmm. uh yeah very interested so far especially seeing what the other books do but also very curious where how this is going to connect with the maker and the original ultimate universe because hmm. it's still very unclear and i don't know if it's Only good that it's unclear tell. i hope they have some kind of plan but we'll see uh, so Who can say with Marvel? So the the other book that came out, which is one I, whose existence I was complaining about, is the the next Spider Gwen miniseries, which is which the premise they advertised was, oh, you know, Spider Gwen's band is going on tour, and I'm happy to That's say, fun. it's way better than I was expecting. It's actually exactly the sort of book I was looking for, except for the fact that it's a miniseries. Uh, but essentially, uh, she gets recruited. Her band gets recruited to be the opening act for Dazzler, which is neat. Uh, and it turns out that, of course, that Dazzler's uh, manager, who is Black Widow of this universe, uh, I did so specifically so that they could have. Uh, ghost spider help out with someone that's supposedly stalking dazzler and there's like a hulk that attacks her and some other x-men characters show up and it's very good exactly the sort of like show me in uh, like the alternate dimension adventures that i would like instead of hey here's an alternate dimension character they're just gonna go to 616 and do stuff or Please, interact I, like, with characters from 616. Or that, that, interact with characters influenced by characters from 616. That can be fun when you've got like a baseline that you're already working from of like yes. this is what their world is like. Yes. But if you just immediately jump to and then they interact with the main universe, it's like, well, they don't yeah. have their own universe. I don't care. <laughs> yes. So yeah, this one is good. Oh. And and yeah, that's exactly why the new ultimate universe is so intriguing, because even though it involves an, someone from another universe invading, it's not someone from the main universe. And <laughs> the possibilities are very interesting. Yes. I, I saw something new in Japan that was Spider-Man related that it's, you uh, probably will not have seen. Thing in the chat right now, but um, let's see. Uh, imagine um, a Dr. Octopus as a young girl manga. What? <laughs> huh. Yes, you do. Seriously. I mean, does this surprise me? No. Yeah. Not uh-huh. in the least. Actually, I haven't actually read it. I'm 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 not sure if the girl's actually Dr. Octopus or if she is a girl who has gained Dr. Octopus's backpack somehow. I'm thinking the latter. I have not actually checked it out yet. Huh. Well, let me know. 
That sounds yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it does. Okay. But yeah, um, that's that's about it for comic time, other than Moon Knight is dead. Rip Moon Knight. But not not quite. Rip I mean Moon it's Moon Knight. Knight. I expect him to die and come back. Yes. No, he's he's already come back to he's just like messed up. Rip Moon Knight, a character I mean, will never Moon come back. Not exactly. I was gonna say Moon Knight and with. messed up that kinda of goes together. How messed up are we talking about? Uh I mean R. he, R. he kind Knight. of like redeemed himself a ton prior to his death mm-hmm. quote unquote and now he's like mm. seems super evil so and so, now he's dead forever and will never come back yes there, there's a lot of storylines <laughs> about oh the the fists of Khonshu can't die they just come back although Khonshu's imprisoned in Asgard or something so it's probably messing up that whole process or something I don't know Whatever, that's about it for comic time. I can't think of. And now he's dead and will never new, come back. There was a new Spider-Man 2099 miniseries and it involves zombies, and I'm already checked out, so I'm not won't be getting any more of that. Oh, Fireminer actually was just asking if you'd been reading the new Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, it was, he seems to like that. I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like it. Not, yeah, not my thing. Um, maybe I'll. Right, maybe, Dajun, I would. I would maybe read I'll give that. Issue two. Maybe I'll give issue two a chance, Fire Miner. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, and big X Men event right going on right now seems neat, and it looks like they're going to reset things in some fashion and get back to a more traditional X Men setup. Is what I'm feeling, which would make sense. So we'll see. I just hope this leave leave me some some X Men on Mars, please, please keep X Men Red going, please. And thank you. Uh, I'm gonna since this is related. I love it. Since this is related, let's hit this question in the chat. Would you play a superhero game taking place on one of the continuities where no one else has superpowers? Earth Prime, Earth 4081, etc. And would anyone do that? In other words, for non-comic book fans, what are the expectations they've got when they buy into a licensed comic product? Where it's a, when it's a version of a character so iconic you can't just move away from them. I would say they expect like the, the version of a character from a comic book that you're selling to anyone uh, who isn't already a comics fan is a very strange amalgamation of dozens of different interpretations mm. and it's generally the most common aspects of them so like people want interpretation a, yeah. yeah like like what insomniac's doing with spider-man or uh like when when people want like a superman game they want a game with superman daily planet metropolis uh Clark Kent, Lois Lane, the like the 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 basic Lex Luthor, the basic idea of Superman. They are not married to the continuity, and you can make all sorts of changes to the fringes of that as long as you keep the general concept. Uh, it's it's the comic fans that have conniptions when you start making bigger changes. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's like you can see the same thing in any given decision about a character in the movies for MCU is. If they want to use a character, they have to figure out what the essential element of the character is and then figure out how to make everything else work or not work. Um, mm-hmm. Which has led to some interesting decisions, but 
Yeah, it is what it is, because there's no way you're going to get some of those stories into any format that does not take 50 years to tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. Fireminer throws out something you might have something to say about, because I'm certain you've done this. Has anyone here bought mm-hmm. a game-related blind bag or one of those lucky bags sold in Japan during the new year? Yeah, but unfortunately, they haven't sold ones at the video game stores in about eight years. That's a shame. Yeah, You'll never make a profit um, on the last one I was able to... way. <laughs> yeah, the last one I, I mean, you speak about Resident Evil Four. <laughs> Funny story. Um, this was supposed to have been two New Year's Eve, two thousand thirteen. So yeah, early January two thousand fourteen. Got two of those lucky bags from Staya. Then they were mm-hmm. unloading parts of their PlayStation Three um, catalog section. Yeah, yeah. and um, got one of those boxes was in fact Resident Evil Four. Yeah, I remember that. Yep, and the other one was Dragon's Dogma. A tidy. And I sold Resident Evil Four. Yeah, for I, I yeah, Dragon's Dogma effectively cost me negative five hundred yen. <laughs> I mean, granted, um, it wasn't all Resident Evil 4 on that one. I also sold back, I think, Neptunia at the same time. But still, it was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was basically a free game, which is why I felt kind of uh, obliged to review it, especially since it turns out it played in English, despite being <laughs> a, a Japanese copy. Because <laughs> my PlayStation 3 had its language settings set to English, and so it, apparently it had hmm. all of the voice acting for English on it. Unsurprising. It's uh, it fit on a single Xbox 360 DVD, so might as well. Yeah. Uh, hey, Dragon's Dogma Two coming this year, coming in like six weeks. Oh jeez. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. That's that's not good timing. No. I think it's no. actually March, but yeah. Let's see. Does it? It's we've got uh, like a dragon, at, like. At the twenty fifth, mm-hmm. and, and then rebirth like, about a month later. Well, there's something on February second. Oh, Persona, Persona 3, three reload. Yeah, I'll get around uh, to it at some point, probably, maybe. Who knows? And we'll, what uh, was the one you were just mentioning, Dave? No, I was saying FF seven rebirth in late February. Yeah, and Rebirth in late February. Although that's not a big deal for me because that's not on PC at the start. Uh, I think that's the thing that's more likely to eat Dragon's Dogma's lunch. But Yeah, I don't know about that. I think among the things that we're talking about, that's the one that's more likely. Final uh, Fantasy, yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I don't know yeah. who played the original, but I... F- Thickos, I've met them. <laughs> yeah, did for a I little bit. It's gonna hit for a lot of like a more mainstream audience, like people that has, played Elden Ring and things like that. Even though it's not necessarily all that similar, I think. it has the right aesthetic to yeah. draw in that kind of fancy fan. Airfrog uh, will probably play it. I know he's looking mm-hmm. forward to it. When I, when I say Thickos, I say it in only the fondest fashion. Uh, <laughs> Sudden correction. No, no, I I use sickos that way a lot. I describe myself as a video game sicko a lot. Um, but uh, Fireminer building on the lucky bag question. I never have because buying blind boxes like picking the house special, paying too much for leftovers. I don't do it just because like if I want to buy something, I want to buy something. I don't want to 
by the chance to get something. <laughs> um, speaking of lucky bags, my older brother once told me how he had to wait in line before an Apple store in Yokohama just to enter a lottery to buy a lucky bag. We talk about using lottery to determine who can buy what. There are always a few rare lottery-only Gunpla or signed game boxes that fetch a nice price on eBay. I mean, oh yeah, some yeah. of those big stores with the, the crazy stuff. Yeah, I can see that being really, really um, something there. Um, That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't done a lucky bag for a while. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. am jealous of your mimic dice. Oh yeah, that 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 was a uh, was a treasure lottery thing, but yeah. They do those th- kind of things all the time in the convenience stores where you buy a ticket and you, you just grab or you pull out of a box and you see what kind of prize that you get mm-hmm. um, along whatever the theme is. And um, if you get the last ticket, then you, or if you get um, up, to, yeah, if you get the final ticket, then you get the special item at the end of the lottery. And I was watching that thing for a week, like almost two weeks, just seeing how few items were left. And finally, I was like, Okay, um, maybe six tickets left at this price. Let's go for it. Mm. Yeah. So now I have a Dragon Quest slime topped treasure chest calendar with fuzzy dice. I, I would. Totally, I, I kind of want it. <laughs> I would totally use that at mm-hmm. work. I'm gonna roll some quick ones from the big question list. Uh-huh so that we can make sure that we hit all of our intended goals. Uh, I once asked about Royal Japan, but what about rural, rural America? Why so many games like to portray the rural U.S. as a place of ridiculousness and horrors? Feels like there's not a lot of games that take those places seriously, like Stardew Valley and Stillness of the Wind. Uh, I think it's a lot that the kind of person who's making major games typically hasn't actually lived there, and so they're exposure is mostly how pop culture portrays it which is that sure is a weird place or a boring place (laughs) i mean it's kind of i mean that's kind of the issue with the one east game that hasn't been remade is because there are particular views about africa that are not correct in some parts of the world Mm -hmm. Uh, uh yeah so so one of those things that like uh I, i think that you know, not a lot of people have a particular uh, tendency to be in power in terms of what uh, who can make games about the area, uh, who have a particular interest in portraying it in a light that is uh, particularly, uh, I'm not even going to say particularly positive, but particularly like a realistic portrayal of the rural U.S. Um, and following on, speaking of stillness of the world, I've been thinking about how video games uh, tackling subjects from different approaches. Why does Persona give you fewer endings than SMT5? Is it because Persona games are less about philosophical struggles and more about seeing a group of friends going on adventures? They're more plot-focused and more character-focused, and those two things make it typically less malleable uh, to just have characters, uh, to just have like a different ending, because it's like the ending has to follow on from what happened before. Mm-hmm. And if you have more defined characters and a more defined plot, there are fewer places you can take it where it'll still make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So that would be my uh, best guess as to why you don't get like the variety of endings from a Persona game that you would from a mainline SMT game, which are because of their generally less rigid structure and less character-driven nature, uh, and, and generally just I'm, less humanistic. I was gonna say, and part of it is just the the themes of each subseries as well, because the the primary Mega Ten games they're all literally, I mean, they're all very like you said, they're stronger on the theme of um, order, chaos, good, evil. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's they kind of sacri to, to they the, do sacrifice a lot of poison onto that. Yeah, to 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 the detriment, like well, not to the detriment, but like in, in that sense that they they care less about like the the human and more about the the uh, yeah. yeah theme, and so you end up with these things that like if you character like you see this when they do characterize like the law heroes and chaos heroes a lot. You see this like well, why did uh, like Walter or Jonathan suddenly turn into a complete psychopath and it's like because that's what they they need to be bent to the nature of the philosophy uh, mm -hmm. and so uh, whereas and then, like the Devil Summoner and Persona games were specifically designed to not have those kinds of stories mm -hmm. so and so they, they I mean, weave them into the background but they aren't the yeah. uh but it also makes yeah. it so that it's less malleable. So, like, uh, when when you're playing Persona Five, you're playing essentially a, a form of chaos hero, but mm -hmm. a, a neutralist, a, a neutral, a more neutral form of that concept. But no, but I mean, uh, you're also characterized as definitely being the chaos element. In yeah, that's that's what I mean. You you are a chaos hero uh, in that sense. But, uh. And then, following on from that, Firemeyer's uh, older question, should we accept that by virtue of being about philosophical struggles, SMT will never be as big as Persona and other RPG franchises? I would say by virtue, like, as a consequence of the fact that it's more interested in the the order chaos thematic than characters and uh, mm -hmm. a traditional narrative, uh, that, like... That, that is what will inevitably sort of hold it back. In other words, what do you think about diehard SMT fans and some Western RPG fans being prissy about uh, Japanese RPGs uh, being quote-unquote not much better than soap operas? Literal words I heard from someone. I think that there's like an entire strain of nerd that's really... Uh, that, that never sort of got over uh, people calling their uh, preferred thing childish. And so responded by looking for something that sounded less childish than what they than what they had enjoyed and holding that up as like this is what games can be. And it's like it's it's, it's fine, man. They're different things. Like I, I personally like there's there's a reason people like character driven stories. P humans relate to humans or things that look like humans. And a good character driven story is all about humans or things that look like humans. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so the the, the notion of like uh, a good story is one pure and untouched by the human element feels like an idea conceived by a robot um, I, I think there's a lot of interesting things or, you can do with a story that's like broad and philosophical or, or, but... some edgy, or some edgy teenager who has not learned that 
there are gradients in reality. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, there's I there's a lot of interesting. Right hmm? so oh, fire miner sent some bits on the Twitch stream, but uh, yeah, what I was gonna say was uh, yeah, I, I think that like uh, you know the different stories are different. Uh, stories have different needs and being really up in arms that like good stories aren't uh, about human uh, interpersonal drama is is a very like tedious uh, thing to uh, do and you you end up with the the kind of the kind of fantasy nerd that I find particularly uninteresting that's like all about like lore uh, it, it feels like it's a similar strain of something where it's like, ah, uh, good, good stories are world building, or good stories are this or that, and it's just like, good stories come in a lot of shapes and sizes, and they're built from, uh, they're built to emphasize different things. If you're, if you're only interested in one kind, you're probably kind of boring. Um, yeah. Uh, on that note, why do some people seem to have higher tolerance for quote-unquote soaps when they play them instead of watching them? Because it's been a big part of Skyrim, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, etc. It's just a soap uh, in those games. They don't necessarily force you to go through all the lore. I think the the bigger thing is that so soap operas become popular because people get invested in characters. Like We're, we're talking about character-driven stories again, but soap operas became popular mm-hmm. because people got invested in the characters. The thing people didn't like about soap operas is the same thing that people don't like about anything that, gets, that has to run indefinitely and is constantly in the middle of something, but never starting and never ending. Uh, and that is... Yeah, it just bloats. Like it, like you're told, okay, you need to uh, if if you are. It's the same. We, we've talked about it a lot over in various contexts, but you get told to tell a story, but every time that it feels like something's drawing to an end, or you like you're running through to reach the ending, you get you get told, and then, and that is that is the plight of the uh, soap opera writer and. You know, like that was that was that must have been, like the you know these these things are at least in the U.S. they're dying, but you know absolutely and a, a hellish workload to place upon anyone because it's just like you you can never stop, you can never stop and reset, like everything just keeps going. But uh, you know, people like character-driven stories, and that that's what when people accuse something like Mass Effect or Dragon Age of. Uh, or Japanese RPGs of being like a soap opera. They're they're mostly just saying that they're ext- they're uh, character driven and self seriously dramatic. Uh, but they they don't have the thing that usually drives people away from soaps, which is an in an incapacity to end and an endless amount of uh, confusing stories that are uh, story developments that are needed to keep it from ending. Like people like people like drama. It turns out. I thought you were dead. I was. I was. (laughs) Uh, Now let me get this straight. Does anyone here not have amnesia? (laughs) Just a bunch of robots like staring at each other, being like politely confused. Let's see, and then one more that's on this 
sort of chain of questions. Is the prevalence of soap opera style drama in RPGs partly because writing realistic characters might actually annoy people? People will remember all the hate people gave Yukari and Hope because of how quote-unquote annoying they are, while in fact the way they acted would have been the way people at their age acted in real life. I, I, I wouldn't say that that's per se that. There, there is definitely a preference towards characters that would not be perceived as annoying, uh, often to the detriment mm-hmm. of writing uh, because it limits the emotional space that a character can inhabit. Uh, stay yeah. tuned for me to complain about that with Clive and FM16. But, um, uh, <laughs> like, well, one, one of my thoughts is um, like the proliferation of the Mayor Briggs personality things, the mm-hmm. four letters. Yeah. And about how, like, this one particular combination of traits is seen as probably preferable, even though it's like one of the smaller percentages of the general population. Just because mm-hmm. that's the kind of personality that most in, often ends up being portrayed in media. Mm. Yeah, like there's a preferential choice towards certain personality types because people want to watch more of them, even if it's not normal. Mm-hmm. And I then think... people would come up come up with a distorted view of what is normal for personalities. Um, mm. Kind of. I think uh, the, the, there's definitely an element of that. But the other thing I would uh, bring up is the, uh, in, in addition to like writers self-selecting for like the most, the, the thing they're most terrified of is people responding to a character with this character is annoying. Uh, and so, uh, like, yes, he's stealing supposed to be off. annoying. Thank you for noticing. Yeah, like sealing off capacity to inhabit certain emotional spaces because they would be perceived as annoying. Uh, in, in general, like anything that indicates extreme uh, extreme emotion uh, mm-hmm. seems to run the risk of running into people saying that character was annoying. Like, are they extremely dour? Annoying. Are they extremely chipper? Annoying. Uh, but uh, beyond that, uh, I, I would also say that just like uh, re- realism is a hard thing to tag a character with because on some level, we expect characters to act consistently and ignore the fact that humans don't act Blind consistently. Consistent. <laughs> yeah. But we expect fiction it's, to I make sense. One reason why first person, I think it's one reason why first person perspective is really popular. It's because it you can inhabit the character enough that you can ignore inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. More. Yeah. But certainly, there's certainly a merit to that. Uh, but yeah, like we we expect a kind of consistency from fictional characters that humans don't have. Uh, and. Uh, so we we expect that when a character goes through something emotional, that they can be uh, upset for a certain amount of time until something uh, major happens that's supposed to snap them out of it, and it needs to come after a certain amount of time, a, a certain a, a small but measurable amount of time, uh, so that we can. Uh, experience the the negative emotion vicariously. We can understand them, but we don't have time to be frustrated with their lack of progress. And that progress needs to be like set in stone. Once they improve, they never regress. They never backslide. There's no uh, 
there are no uh, points where uh, poor decisions override their better judgment, blah, 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 blah. And uh, it, it is an unrealistically clockwork person that people honestly seem to want out of fiction. And I'm not even saying they're wrong sometimes. So some of these yeah. things, like, like I've mentioned... Okay. Just watch the reaction when, a, when a, like, a character in an action movie makes an understandable but dumb decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, I'm specifically yeah. thinking Infinity War. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can probably guess the character in the, the situation. Um, but yeah, okay, sorry. Just... No, no, no problem. Uh, but but yeah, like I, I'm not even saying it's per se wrong, but I do think uh, that. Uh, again, these these expectations can cause characters to uh, actually stray away from realistic emotion, uh, realistic emotional uh, uh, portrayal by virtue of just like uh, things are supposed to always be moving forward in in fiction land, uh, and so. I think that uh, there, there's there's other aspects to this, just in general. Like uh, part of the reason that we get unrealistic character portrayals is that the nature of uh, producing a video game that doesn't involve vast amounts of tedium uh, steals us off from a lot of options for uh, subtle portrayal of personality traits, like. Uh, one of the things that I love the most in one of my favorite RPGs, Grandia, is that routinely the party members sit down and eat. And have they never change clothes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but they, they sit down and they have discussions over dinner. And they will talk about the food and how they whether they like the the food in this new area that they've been in. They will talk about their like emotional reaction to where they've been, where they're going, what they're doing. All of those things mm-hmm. are ways to characterize someone in a more realistic fashion that don't exist in most games because you don't portray someone sitting down to eat like meals in a game are a mechanic to store health or set up uh you know to, to set up new uh buffs or whatever but they're not a characterization mechanic and you know it's you know it is hard to characterize someone when they are missing some of the most universal human experiences in a way that could be considered realistic and so it even stands out in a game that mostly uses it as a uses it as a mechanic, uh, Final Fantasy XV. But like the enthusiasm that one of your party members, Ignis, has for uh, finding new things that he can fi- finding things that he can use to make uh, new f- uh, kinds of food, or just seeing your characters sit down and. Even though you can't hear what they're discussing, you get to see like the lively reaction to like, oh hey, we're look- we're in a new like roadside motel or a camper. We're we've scouted out a new campground, and uh, you can see the characters like setting up camp, that sort of thing. There's all sorts of subtle characterizations that come from 
like subtle aspects of humanity that come from the mundanities of life that have been uh, abstracted out of games. And so I, I feel like people's idea of what a realistic character is is inherently deeply flawed uh, and kind of becomes a snake eating its own tail. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's as much as I can ramble about this particular uh, topic of discussion. Uh, uh, also, oh, hey, check the chat. Okay, and let's check this. Uh, can people keep making Dark Godzilla movies like Shin and Minus One? Or uh, that if you want to sell Godzilla merch for a long time, you have to get him more heroic and human-like? I think Godzilla's one of those characters, or, or the one of those franchises that benefits from not needing to be one thing. Yeah. And so I think you will inevitably run into uh, sillier and more light uh, Godzillas. Like, that that will happen because it's fun to watch the big lizard blow things up. <laughs> and... Sometimes you just want to enjoy watching the big lizard fight the big bug or whatever. And there's nothing wrong the, with that. Or the giant lobster. Yeah. Or whatever other thing that you can make uh, someone dress up as and then get hit in the head. Um, but, uh, you know, like, as with anything, people will always have their favorite interpretations. Like, but the strength of these lasting characters is always that they stand up to many interpretations. So I think that we will get, we will continue to see sort of cycles of what does Godzilla, what is Godzilla? And currently we're deep in the cycle of we're getting very good darker versions of Godzilla that are somewhat more tonally in line with the very original Godzilla. But I think that inevitably we will see, eventually, people will be like, oh, but I liked when Godzilla was the big lizard that beat up the evil monster. Like, make Godzilla fight space Godzilla or whatever. Because that's fun sometimes. And I think that the healthiest thing for a franchise like that is to accept and let both exist. Yeah. Uh... And then, what are some critically acclaimed games that can't just monetize well? As much as I love Turn A Gundam, the Gunpla sales for that series are just bad by Gundam standards. Am I coming through just fine? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just moving around and getting some random things together. I know literally nothing about this question. I mean, you can probably think of at least some games that are critically acclaimed that don't sell well. Yeah, um, I would, uh, I mean, the the easy, the one that quote, feels quote unquote easy at this point uh, that immediately just popped into my head was like Psychonauts. Yeah, there are three of those now. Uh, they all 
did wild wild with everyone who played them, critics, etc. I don't know of any any non Psychonauts fans that were lured in by Psychonauts too, which is a shame. It's a great game, but you know, just didn't didn't seem to uh, make any real odds Isn't one way it? or the other. Hmm. What'd you say? It, it didn't seem to resonate with people. I mean, it resonated with people that played it, but it just it it was you couldn't sell it to new people. Like no 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 it new Psychonauts people. fans were made by it. <laughs> uh, I need to think of some something like the, the the problem, of course, with this question is that things that. <laughs> Consistently so poorly just tend to go away. Mm. Um, like, I mean, to to some extent, you could honestly say this about Dragon Quest in the West. Like, it's it's developed mm. a a strong enough cult following that it's no longer in a precarious place. But uh, at least in the U.S., like, it's it's still very hard to just sell Dragon Quest, no matter how much people point out. Like, it's incredible. They're wonderful games every time. They just uh, can't seem to ha have a real breakthrough hit. Uh, let's see. Does Loco Roco count? I mean, they made like three or four cracks at that, and it never, <laughs> it never managed to sell. Um, you could uh, you could call the same out for like Gravity Rush one and two, just. There is no real capacity to sell those. Like, this this is an endless list of uh, things that were quirky and interesting, and then just sort of died on the vine. Uh, no matter how many times, uh, like even even re-releasing uh, it attached to its more successful sequel, Shadow of the Colossus, Eco. Like, no matter how many times they brought that out, like people never really cared uh you know they hey, just want to shut out at least we're not putting el shaddai on that list yeah fuck el shaddai list. though <laughs> what's wrong with el shaddai it's not it's, it's not a very interesting action game okay it's yeah it's kind of boring yeah i disagree it's pretty fun it's got great art direction like I'm, I'm never gonna say that it doesn't have great art direction but like as an action game it's it's strictly middling yeah. story wasn't that great my wife was Ugh. super hyped for it. We rented it, and we're glad we rented it. Oof. <laughs> Coming out on Switch soon. I had a blast with it. I don't know what to tell you. It's really fun. Wheels bought, like, ten pairs of blue jeans over it. Nah. <laughs> Secret blue jean advertisement. Um, but, yeah. Just one of those things that, like, a lot of these... Uh, it's just hard. It's... it's People, people are worried about that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you, you get all these like uh, these, these smaller uh, these these games that have a cult following that just never really break through. And you uh, can tell with the fickleness of the market. Um, like, I mean. For for years and years there, I remember in the mid aughts. Like this, this is not saying 
like this, this is still something that was like quite popular but i remember for years and years in the mid-ops that uh like soul caliber games would consistently rate much higher than the contemporary tekken games but it didn't you couldn't make the audience like Soul Calibur more than Tekken, despite <laughs> despite it all. It's just like, oh man, people, people, there ain't no accounting for taste. But the soul still uh, burns. Yeah, tell me about how much you love the Dreamcast. No. Uh, Question I, I think you're starting to. Run, uh, run out of energy there, Dave. Eh, I'm living, but we probably should uh, finish out soon. Can we talk about games that play well, look nice, but lack that riz and presentation? Quake 4, Virtua Fighters, Ninja Blade. All these games, which one actually makes their lack of unique visual presentation a part of their characteristic like VF, or is it just cope from VF? <laughs> uh, I think the Virtua Fighter is definitely built on being less bombastic to look at than its competitors. I mean, like, Tekken built its identity on being a more absurd Virtua Fighter. So, uh, but I'd say Ninja Blade has a lot more problems than uh, a, la a lack of presentational panache. I mean, like, at least half that game is quick time events, when quick time events were rapidly falling out of favor with the audience. Um, as for Quake 4, uh, that, that's, that's kind of like the ultimate, like, there is nothing per se wrong with this game, but there is not nearly enough right with it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think I think we'll we'll cut this short for the night since I think Wheels is basically running on autopilot. Uh, yes. So we'll close this one out. Uh, since he's no longer here, I'll just quickly shout out. You can catch uh, Joe's streams, twitch.tv slash smokeandjoegamer. You can also check his YouTube channel for uh, archives and various other uh, video content. But now I need to learn about some reading material. Okay, so Princesses of the Pizza Parlor for Kindle and Kindle Unlimited is finishing up its sale right now, I think. Um, How much longer It's kind of hard that? to organize. Huh? How much longer is that? Uh, that's the part where I'm not sure because organizing mm. times for sales is a little tricky when you don't live in any of the time zones being referenced. Uh -huh. um, when does it so, end your time? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm reading this right, it probably ends in... Um, let's see. now. Um, in about eight and a half hours. Gotcha. So I don't have to yell at wheels to get this up ASAP. No, no, no. It's it's going to be over soon enough. Okay. Well, you missed out, but guess what? It's still quite cheap. <laughs> and some are cheaper yes. than others. Well, I mean, that's for the paperbacks. Extremely strange. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I mean, on one post on one website, I was like, yeah, if you like it. I mean, here's the prices for the paperbacks and you know if you get this one you're probably financially harming amazon at this point so go ahead and who doesn't do want to yeah well nobody uh, apparently because i didn't sell any paperbacks um oh. so it's kind of annoying because i'm at 397 orders right now i was like please just three more get it up to an even 400 get me that nice round number 
Yeah, I mean, I don't even care if they're the free orders at this point. Just go for it. Yay. <laughs> yep. Numbers. I mean, let's but yeah, let's Princess look at the numbers then. Michael Yadimizu. Why A R I M I Z U? Because screw you, Google. Oof. Okay. Don't but, worry, yeah. now no one can find anyone on Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Which is so, why. Yeah, so, so those are yeah. still, like, even though you missed the author's birthday sale, those are still quite cheap. Those are, you can. You know, give him a shot. Like you, you are taking virtually no risk to to give it a shot and see whether you like it. So yeah. Uh -huh. and, uh, all I can hope for is like, okay, please somebody leave a review or some stars yeah. or something. Isn't almost nobody ever does. Mm -hmm. it's really, really annoying. It's the way of the world, but it sucks. Yeah. Uh... But yeah. Um, let's see, uh, Tam, what's the RP Gamer streaming schedule looking like? Uh, so uh, Mondays we have Hero Harmony in the evenings. On Tuesdays you have me and Hairfrog back to back in the mornings with a later Scar doing a retro wheel. On Wednesday, on Wednesdays we have Hero Harmony in the evening as well. On Thursdays, at the moment, it is only me, but that may be changing. Hmm. Uh, Mysterious. <laughs> I, I have a uh, I have put in for a promotion at work, and I'm on to the third interview. Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. So. So, but if I if I get it, my hours will change, so I will no longer be able to do it in the mornings because I will be working from ten until uh, six thirty. Uh, ten p.m. to six thirty a.m. Is that what I'm hearing? No, ten a.m. to six thirty p.m. Oh, an actual normal human hour instead of hours. Well, I work two to ten thirty as it is, so mm. I, mean, I like my I do like my hours, but so mm. um, if that is the case, I will probably be changing the schedule for myself to um, but it also means that I may be able to do uh, more streams and more of the backtracks yeah fingers crossed um, and then on Fridays we have uh, hair frog in the m morning middayish hours with uh, scar in the uh, evenings with his uh, retro wheel uh, Saturday mornings we have a double header of Spare ombre, uh, dungeon crawling for spare parts with spare ombres, as we say, and then uh, RPG cast, and then on Sunday we have uh, a double header in the morning with Scar and Hairfrog again, and who knows who may be streaming at any other random times. Tune in at any given any given day, and there's probably something you haven't seen yet. <laughs> Especially from me, because as Hairfrog puts it, Tam plays. All the random games. Here's some random nonsense. Yeah, right now it's um, I've I used my Thursdays to do the latest story stuff for uh, the Gacha game Nikkei Goddess of Victory that I play, and um, finishing up a Parasite Eve run, and I'm going to be doing uh, Strangers in Par a Stranger of Paradise next. Oh yeah, that's a great game. Um... I've heard <laughs> from me. And probably and, other people. And, and <laughs> Kelly and Red Rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a happy backtrack when we get to it. Because <laughs> uh, we're um, going to kill Chaos. 
chaos. Um, but yeah, so uh, and that just sort of leaves uh, the the thing you're listening to right now. Uh, you can catch the live recording of Q and A Quest at uh, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, every Thursday, unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong. Um, which, uh, uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> you can also catch our other show, Sunday Night Shenanigans, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. If you want to ask us questions, if you catch us while we're recording, you can put them in the Twitch chat. Uh, you'll find that at twitch.tv slash askwheels. Uh, we're always happy to answer questions in midstream. We have uh, plenty of capacity to riff off of nonsense. I can talk about basically anything for any period of time. Don't test me. Um, but otherwise, uh, you can also ask us questions in the RPGamer Discord. You can get an invite to the RPGamer Discord by going to rpgamer.com and clicking into the Community tab. It's a lovely community whether you want to ask us questions or not, but we always love getting questions. Uh, Shoutouts to Fireminer. Uh, I see that there was also some discussion in the podcast section from Doomerang that I need to... I'll double back to make sure that we catch that. If they were questions uh, next week, my apologies. Uh, you can also ask us questions in the uh, comments section. I'm not aware of any that came up this past week. I should double check on that, but we'll if, if we missed one, it'll be next week. Otherwise, I think that covers it for us. So see you, Space Cowboys. See ya.